And we're actually seeing if this thing runs out. So only the second time shooting a first time shooting a podcast on this one. On the camera? Yeah, this new mm-hmm. camera, yeah. I bought a I bought a new 4K camera so we could try to uh try to upgrade a little bit, if For you will. Sure. Try to make things a little nicer. Um but this is season three, podcast episode one in season three of Polisher's Corner. So you are the uh first one of season three. I, I didn't I didn't do a whole lot in season two. I think we had maybe five. Um, mainly because the shop was going through some transitions. We had some product changes. We had we had uh, employee changes. We had, we just had a lot of stuff going on sure. in the shop and uh, didn't really get a chance to do them. And uh, I have a very interesting creature here with me today. <laughs> and uh, yesterday while we were while we were training, I really. Uh, I really got to thinking to myself, this is a person that needs to get his story out. <laughs> and uh, I think other polishers will be able to relate to you as well. So I I really wanted to shoot a podcast. Of course, time allowed us to. And um, we just did a, a two-day training course. So I'm excited to uh, pry and ask a few questions about the training course as well. Absolutely. But... Um, why don't you uh, Why don't you introduce yourself? Who you are? Where you're from? What's the business? So we can get your plugs in there. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, I'm from. My name's Nick Way. First of all, uh, I'm from uh, Livonia, Michigan, like a suburb of Detroit. That's where I was born and raised. Um, I I live in Utah now, Heber City. Um, I got area. the huh? beautiful area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely uh, unlike anything. Michigan has to offer for sure. I mean, <laughs> the UP is, you know, that's beautiful up there. It's some of my favorite, like that's one of my favorite places to go is up there. But when I landed in Salt Lake City doing that internship, like I was telling you about, I'm like, this is a whole nother level. And like I said, I BMX mountain bike. So I brought the bike out there and I'm like, I gotta, I gotta move back out here full time. So I did, went home, came back out and just started doing my thing, you know. I went to start working, doing what I was going to school for, and blah, 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 blah. And that's where I call home, Hebrew City, Utah. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your actual, like, where you started, what your actual background was. Yeah. Honestly, to me, to see where you started to where you're at now yeah. is, is um, it was super interesting for me to hear it. And I think other people would find it interesting as well. Yeah, you know, it is, it is a little different because to some of the people in my family, like, it's like I went backwards to an extent, you know, but, but they always knew I was going to get back. Like they always knew I was going to get into trucking because I grew up from, I don't know, two, three years old till I went, I'd go to work with my grandpa until I was 18, 19 years old when he passed away. And he was and, driving uh, truck. Yep. He was yeah. driving truck and we would haul car parts and stuff um, out of Detroit and all over Metro Detroit, down into Ohio, whatever. And, uh, Obviously, for any truck drivers that are listening to this that have family members that did it, like it is, it's once it's in your blood, like it. I would always hear that stuff. I hear and that a lot too. Seriously, and like my my papa, he told me he's like, "Dude, just stay in school." He's like, "You don't want to do this." And 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 he kind of same story from everybody. Yeah, dad was like, "Don't get into trucking. It don't do it. You. It, it. It really does." And and he wasn't married to the game. My uncle says says, says it that way all the time. Like papa wasn't really married to the game like I am yeah. and my passion for it, like I have, yeah. um, where he, you know, he, he wouldn't work on his own stuff. He kind of just wanted to do Monday through Friday, come home and it was and a job for him. It not was a, a job. Exactly. Not a career or a passion. And, uh, 
yeah, so he told me to stay in school. So, dude, I was in a summer chemistry class at a community college. And I said, I was like, dude, I'm fucking done. I'm done with this. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to get my permit. I was, I was like 20, 21, I don't know, 21, 20, whatever. I was like, I'm, I'm done with this shit. And, <laughs> yeah. I, and, I was, and I was so ready for that day to lean on that excuse of like, I'm going to drive truck and you can't be mad at me because Papa's the one that took me to work. <laughs> so I called my Nana that day and I was like, cause I was living with my, uh, living with my Nana at the time. And I'm like, dude, I'm done. I'm, I'm going to go get a permit and, and like, I'm going trucking. I had some buddies around there that ran uh, gravel trains and stuff around Michigan. So the plan was to maybe get in with them. They yeah. were younger, have them teach me, you know, we're the same age type deal. Get a good start. Yeah. Get a good start. And, uh, I went there thinking I knew everything about trucks and I bombed that test like <laughs> three times and you can only take it three times where you got to come back the next day. Yeah. And then I get the manual and like, I was having to take time off of work. I was working in a, um, uh, we're building, um, semi trailers. I worked in like a fab shop that was building semi trailers yeah. at the time. So I'd have to take a day off from work and, you know, go play at the DMV, which we all know that's like, it's so hard to do. Like there's little to no patience going into those places because yeah. it's always a hard time. Yeah. Anyway. So, yeah, I, I there's the whole, throughout this whole time I'm also playing hockey. Played hockey my whole life. Sure. Um, you look like a hockey guy. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I miss the teeth and stuff. It's all right. But yeah, I, the I long um, hair, the, be the beanie everywhere we go. Right, right, right. And and you know I don't know, but I I played whatever my whole life, and um, I don't know. I was like, well, you know what? Maybe I will go back to school and to be honest with you I was partying at universities back then sure so I was like let's go to college like, it's, <laughs> that's a vacation and, 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 and I mean it wasn't because school wasn't easy for me man it really wasn't and especially college because there's just you have that choice now what you want to do with your free time right you want to go to college and sit there in the class yeah or you know whatever and you know I had buddies out of high school that were making you know fine money they were doing fine not going to school yeah and, I was like, you know what, let's, let's go to college and see, and, and just even exploring what programs were out there, like, um, like I said, I went for construction management, which wasn't far off of civil engineering, Sure. a couple math classes, yeah. Um, yeah. so it was really interesting to just be like, you know what, although I'm not going into semis, I could go into machine, you know, I can work around excavators and dozers yeah. and stuff like that, which I was always a huge fan of, so, 100%. still in the industry, still in the industry, whatever, and, uh, I did, and then I went to California uh, degree up at. Um, I was up there three years. I finished the last year uh, dual enrolled, so I moved home for that to finish um, quicker. But um, yeah, just I was doing construction management stuff, you know, working on jobs, whatever. And then uh, that's what got me. I actually came out here to Verona, Verona, Wisconsin, did an internship out there. Went back home, did another you know semester, and then I went out to Salt Lake City, and that's why I did that whole thing. That's when I moved out there and started working in an office out there. And you know, I love those people that I worked with. The office was cool. I was baby. Yeah. It was, dude. It was, it was ideal. Especially yeah. thinking about some of the stress that owner operators got to deal with now. And now I'm, I'm in that boat. Yeah. I'm in that category now. now. You are, you yeah. are an owner operator. Exactly, yeah. owner operator and. And fill in my weekends with polishing. Like, what mm -hmm. the fuck am I doing? You know, <laughs> but it's just, it's a love for the deal. So, um, so it's pride in your ride. The exactly. The, the pride in the ride. And, um, 
I was like, what am I doing in this office, man? And I was still riding a lot of BMX, mountain bike, yeah. stuff like that. So, and I had buddies who built trail. So we, they were, they were out building jumps in mountain bike trails and stuff like that. And best of both worlds, right? So I'm riding bikes and I'm in the machine. Yeah. And I'm like, see ya. So I left this office job to go make 17 bucks an hour <laughs> uh, working at the new Woodward Park City that they were putting in. Right. And uh, it was, it was sweet because I got that training on these on these pieces of equipment um with almost no expectation because i will i just i like underbid myself i'm like oh, I'm, only, I'm only worth 17. you know i'm gonna <laughs> learn on your guys's stuff yeah and and that what it is and then you know like i said my buddies were building trails so then after that i just went and i worked with them and we traveled to north carolina building stuff idaho to build stuff and that's awesome and the whole time i'm sitting in that seat i'm just thinking about semi trucks you know yeah. and i woke up one morning in uh fairfield idaho in my sleeping bag, looked on KSL, boom, three fifty nine, which I always had three fifty nine on my background. Or I remember being a little intoxicated up at college or whatever, and just scrolling <laughs> through, looking at uh, trucks, and I'm like, dude, three fifty nine, that's where it's at. And uh-huh. anyways, I, I I got one. <clears throat> and that's the one you have now. That's the one that's here in the shop now, man. That's yep. awesome. Yep, it was uh, listed for five five grand on KSL. Called up Nana, savior. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, this one's got one one with coffin bunk on it. Yep. And I'm like, is there, there were day cabs and stuff out there? And I'm like, she's a bad unit. It's cool. You know, it's, it's different. And a lot's happened. It's came in, it's came such a long way. And my, my girlfriend tells me it all the time. Or some of the guys that I only see, you know, throughout the past couple of years going to shows and they show up and like, man, you talk, took this thing, you know, and it wasn't just me, you know, help, help from, you know, one of my good buddies, Jimmy, he helped me, uh, so we stretched it out and you know he's like you want to lower it while you're here and i'm like fuck all in rome yeah let's yeah, back the front mind. end you know and mind as well. so he's got a little recipe for that and we threw that under there and you know it took us a minute i was up there for a while but it's it's just it's all love dude you know i just i love it yeah. you know and it, it and if it wasn't for my lady loving it too i'd have a very hard life yeah you know so and you can tell it like so we trained on your truck this week like i don't normally train with people with their trucks because usually when people are trying to train on their trucks they're trying to talk me into polishing their trucks for them at a discounted rate dude i thought i was just gonna leave it on the side of the shop and you're like (laughs) i'm like dude we don't have to like i don't expect you to honestly that that was cool because i did fall for that early on in my career when i was training people yeah i had a guy and i wish i'd have paid more attention to my text messages back then but he had asked me for a quote and the quote was like 1200 bucks to polish his truck. And he's like, um, let it sit and simmer for a couple months. And all of a sudden he messaged me and he's like, Hey, what if I came and took a training course this winter? Um, could I bring a truck and we, we train on the truck? And I'm like, yeah, cool. No problem. Let's do that. Me being young and naive in my polishing and my training career, not really knowing what was going on sure. and, uh, not reading through my text messages. Dude, I polished that entire truck by myself. Like, I taught him some stuff, but he didn't really want to learn. Yeah. Like, and I started feeling halfway through the first day, like, this guy doesn't really want to learn how to polish. Like, he wants me to show him everything, but he was kept telling me he was scared of putting a buffer in the wheel and doing this and doing that. And I was like, hmm, something's not adding up here. Mm-hmm. And uh, we got through the second day. And I was like, so do you think you're going to, you're going to actually polish? Like, 
do you want to make a living out of this or like are you gonna stay driving truck and he's like oh no i'm a truck driver i just uh i just needed to get the truck polished up excuse me <laughs> he's a regular customer now oh okay, so right, i'm right, hoping right. he listens to this because right, right, right. i'm hoping he remembers that he tricked me into it <laughs> but he saved himself 200 bucks right, right, right and had me Walking around like an idiot for two days, thinking I was teaching a guy how to polish, and turned out I wasn't teaching him how to polish at all. Just, he like, just wanted to save two bucks. Right. <laughs> but, like, dude, I could have got this thing done in like four hours. You could have been back on the road if you had just told me. Like, right. you didn't want to pay the twelve hundred. You wanted to pay a thousand. Right. Like, I'd have just. I don't. I hope people don't hear this, but I just knocked off the two hundred back then and just done it. Right. And right. got a thousand in a day instead of twelve hundred and two. You know. Exactly. Like, right. It was no. So dumb. Could have just told you that. <laughs> but yeah, and honestly. I, I'm, I'm not happy that your fuel gelled up and you were having issues when you pulled in, Dude. but it was yeah. kind of a happy convenience because we actually got to work on your own truck so that now when you go home, you're going to be experimenting on your own truck anyways. So it did work out really well that we got to learn a lot of the patterns and stuff on the truck that you're going to be polishing on on a regular basis. Absolutely. And you know, there was a couple of things going through my head, like, you know, when we did start working on my truck and, and, um, I'm watching you do your thing where, I mean, it's just like learning something new. It's not easy and not a lot of people are willing to do it. And yeah. even though I'm here to learn something new, there is still like a little edge that you gotta, that I gotta break over to be like, okay, yeah, he's polishing my end cap. The way I polished my end caps before, you know, was just fine. But it's like, dude, no, he's like showing me how to do this a way that's going to look better. And, yeah. it, and it did. So it, it wasn't, it was, and I don't think I have any crazy bad habits. No, I didn't see I anything that was, so. oh, that wasn't overcomable. Sure. I mean, when you first started polishing, when I said, show me what you do, yeah. I told you I wouldn't correct you. And then I lied and I definitely corrected you. Yeah, <laughs> right yeah, 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 yeah. For the better. Yeah. I, I do that a lot. Yeah. Um, but when I, when I watched you, I was like, I had you correct it. You went back to it for a half second and then I just told you to put more pressure back on and you went back to it again. And then when you got to the other side, you kind of caught yourself halfway and you shook your head like you knew you did it. But after that, you didn't revert back to anything. So I don't feel like there was any bad habits there that you didn't overcome mm -hmm. and that is going to come back when you go home. Sure. So in, like, in, in those two, like where you stopped me, like to me, those are, those are like, those are mental bullet points, man. Yeah. You know, those are just like um, on the drive wheel, which... Like I wanted to do the wheel first and tell you like, man, some, some days I get really proud because I, I can just go through it. And it's like, it's like, it's just like what I see in the videos, you know, just like bing, 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 bing. But, um, you know, now I will literally never forget how to keep that rouge outside of my lug nuts. Yeah. I really won't. I'll yeah. never forget that nope. because, and then, and then that just ties right into like we, us doing end caps and, you know, like you didn't just sit there and polish my truck. You just showed me a couple of things on, on, on each, on each piece that we yeah. were working on. Lead you and then make you do it. Exactly. So yeah, I'm, I'm a firm believer on uh, lead by example. <laughs> and even if I show you something like that end cap on that tank, I made you recut it over the top exactly. of mine because I didn't want my, I didn't want me on your truck when it leaves. As much as like, I know you probably don't care, but I wanted you to be able to say on your drive home, that's you. But come like, on, man, you're supposed to do my driver's side stuff. All my driver's <laughs> side stuff. <laughs> I did a driver's side end cap, but I made you go over the top of it. Right. I, I don't do driver's side stuff. Like 
I know it's your truck and you're going to get in and look at it every day. Like, I want you to look at that front wheel. I did the, the story he's getting at is, uh, so there's probably been 15 guys through my shop that I've trained on their trucks, maybe 16, somewhere right around in there. And every one of them, when I train the front wheel, I polish the passenger side wheel. And everybody but him <laughs> has managed to ask me, like, why didn't you do the driver's side wheel? And for me, you are driving that truck. You're going to get in and out of that driver's side every day. And I didn't want something I polished that I've been, I've done 50,000 steer wheels yeah. sitting there staring at you every day when you go to get in your truck. I want what you did to be right there every day when you get in the truck. And I, I only have one of those 15 guys was like, I wanted you to do my driver's side so that I could use it as motivation to push myself every day. And I was like, well, that's kind of cool. Like, I get that. But at the same time, I would rather have you walk to the passenger side. <laughs> yeah, right, 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 right. Use it as motivation. Because I don't, I don't want people to feel bad about it. Like, I've polished, like I said, probably 50,000 cereals at this point. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't want people to feel bad comparing their 10 or 20 cereals to my 50,000 of experience. 50,000 is an over-exaggeration, but um, I don't know how many thousands of steer wheels I've done, but it's a lot. Yeah. And I don't want, I, one thing I try to always tell people when we go through the training course is I don't want people to watch what I did and go, I'm never going to be able to do that. I have been doing this nonstop seven, five to seven days a week. Right. Since 05. Right. And I polished for seven years before 05. This is 24 years for me. So like, if you see something I do and it's, seems effortless it should be Absolutely. this is what i have strived for it's what i have a passion for yep. and i've pushed as hard as i can to be as good as i can for a long time right and i, I say in any trade if you push hard enough and you want something bad enough you're going to get good you're going to get fast at what you do guys that frame houses they know the shortcuts if i was to frame a house Dude, it would take me 10 years to frame a house. Like, I don't know right. anything about framing. Right. You could teach me how to frame, but I'm, I'm like, I smash every finger with a hammer. <laughs> like, I'm not going to survive as a framer. Like, I know what I'm good at, and I'm going to stick with it. So, I feel like, I, I hope when people watch this stuff, they try not to compare themselves too much. And I try to avoid letting people compare, compare themselves. And it's not because I think I'm better. I just honestly don't want people to feel bad. Because they just don't have that much experience in it. Exactly. And everybody's on their own path, right? right? Where you're at is the best you knew. You know? Yeah, no, for real. And I mean, we don't need to go down that that rabbit hole. But I mean, Facebook is is something that I, that I went into early on in polishing to just kind of get some advice. And, you know, up until, we'll just say, you know, last summer when I'm polishing, I still go on there and look and see, I'm like, man, I don't know what the hell I'm doing because what they're doing is just <laughs> not real. You know, like it's, it looks yeah. incredible, you know, and, yeah. and I mean, that, that's a whole different thing of, of kind of just. And sometimes the pictures and videos they're posting aren't real either, you know? Yeah. Some, sometimes they're edited, sometimes they're at a good angle, sometimes they turn the lights off. At a good angle, you know what I mean? right, exactly, like, exactly. And hey, you know what, I got Snapchat and I'm, I'm sending somebody some stuff. Of course I'm going to juice it up a little oh, bit, yeah, you know? You I'll take it right. from the angle and they'll be like, dang, man. And I'm like, 
Yeah, you know, because I just spent, you know, however many minutes or, you know, how long on this one little area. And yeah, yeah you got to be stoked on what you're putting out. Oh, 100%. Sure, so. it, you're always going to be your biggest hype man. Always. You got to hype yourself up because it motivates you and pushes you to keep going. Mm -hmm. So how long have you actually been polishing for? Right. I've been polishing. Let's see. I got my truck going. Oh, since, since, um, the, the beginning of, of 2021, I started like, uh, okay. so and you're it, legit only like a year, year and a half in. Yeah, man. You've got to be kidding. No, no, for not, real. No, that's serious. And like, I've got a great story for you guys in a little bit, but I'm going to sit and listen to this because this is all impressive. Right. All right. So like I said, I, I buy this old truck. I get it going. I get my authority. It blows my mind. Yeah. And you're for the first, not even a year. No, no. I'm coming gonna, up on two years. Coming up on two years, right. And and I might, okay, <laughs> oh I might have fluffed it up a little bit. It's probably a little bit less than that because it was, you know, fresh into winter when I first started, started sure. getting rolling. Sure. So um, I, I, I wasn't picking up a buff right away, but I, I grinder. You started yeah. with hand polish. I started with hand polish because I'm like, look, I got this old truck. I don't, I don't have the finances to, to make it cool right now. Sure. Um, it's just, it's ready to go to work. I know that and I'm fixing things as I go, but what I can do is at least rub my wheels Sure. and in my grill and stuff like that. And I was telling, <clears throat> I was telling, um, you about that, where I probably just hand rubbed on that thing for, you know, I don't know, s several months, yeah. you know, while it started to get warmer and just hand rubbing it. And I did the same thing with my trailer too. There's nothing wrong with that. It did what I was looking for, yeah. and then when I got to the, honestly, the first, the first time I ever was like, I'm going to learn how to polish, Yeah, was I dropped my boxes, and I threw them in my backyard, Sure. and I'm like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach myself how to do this deal, I want to actually do this yeah. myself. I'm like, yeah, this is like you said earlier, it's instant gratification. Yeah. You know, if well, you know I'm, what's going on, that's the best part about polishing. And I think that's why so many people get addicted to it. Yeah. Is because I joke around about this, but like when you fight with your wife and you don't know why, yeah. Or you fight with your girlfriend and you don't know why yeah. and she won't tell you why. Yeah. Like that stuff sits and eats at you. you oh know? yeah. Yeah. But like polishing metal. Yeah. When it's wrong, you see it right in front of you right away that it's wrong. Yep. When it's right, it shows you that it's right. And there's a very like cut and dry start and stop point for if you don't know what to do with the metal, you can just start from the beginning and work your way back to the end again. Sure. And it's a very easy pattern. With my wife, I, I don't have that same pattern. No. <laughs> Every time is different. Yeah, that doesn't <laughs> work. Right. Every time is different. It's weird how that one works. Uh -huh. um, yeah. And Flowers and chocolate don't always work. <laughs> <laughs> no, they definitely don't. And, uh, oh my gosh, I just had a good, a good, oh man, I can't remember what the heck I was going to say. The instant gratification. Oh, the instant gratification. Right. So that multiplies by a million for me when it has to do with semis. Cause I just came from this huge background of, like I said, growing up in a truck and always wanting to make, and all my toy trucks, I was always modifying and putting stacks and this and stuff over there. So, sure. so to, to be able to make my truck now that I've literally been dreaming about driving a semi truck for dude, tw 24 years, you know, before I finally got in and I, you know, started and my grandpa let me drive a couple times. Anyways, that's a whole different deal. But yeah, it just, it, the, the gratification gets multiplied 
by a million times for me because of it's it's my truck. I'm making yeah. my truck look cool, yeah. and then now I'm like, well, I can make other people's trucks look cool. Yeah. So, dude, your YouTube videos, man, and a lot of it for seeing it done, and and that's why I was out here to to get more. We can go into that later if you want, but yeah. the, the science part of it of why I'm even here. Hundred percent. But just going out there and just doing it and trying it and being motivated to just be, you know what? Like I said, this truck doesn't look that pretty, but I can at least make my aluminum on point. Yeah. So. Dude, your truck is pretty. Like, even though the even though the paint's faded, it's an old school, cool 359 coffin sleeper. Stretched out. Yep. Laid on the ground. Like. Right. It's a cool One set. pipe. It's got single one pipe. pipe setup. It's, like, you know. Hey, I dig it. I dig the single pipe Dude, setup. I grew up. All my it's papa's, old school. Yeah, it's old school. All my papa's trucks had one pipe, and I always gave him shit. Not Papa. everybody's going to get it. No. But the people you're that do get it. You're absolutely right. The people that do get it, those are the people that you're going to gravitate with. Gravitate with, dude, the people that do get it, I still talk to to this day. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, the right. people that are all about it are my friends. Yeah. You know, because they have... They were like-minded. They have cool stuff. hundred percent. hundred percent. Not all three fifty nine had twin stacks. Not all of them. Nope. That thing didn't even have a boost gauge in it when I got it. Right. Like I mean, the, the dash just it, it didn't need it. Didn't have it. Yeah. Right. It didn't need it. It didn't, didn't care. Nope. Just nope. run it. That thing was. It was a money maker. Exactly. <laughs> right. It was his bone stock from the factory. Didn't make money. Be. Fancy paint didn't make money. Stretched yeah. out didn't make money. Laid on the ground didn't make money. Right. And you know? it still doesn't. <laughs> in this current economy you know, yeah right, right 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 it's definitely a whole other animal for sure it is so like i said i want to i want to swing back to the fact that you've only been polishing for less than two years yeah and that's going to lead me into this story that so you had you had asked me to do a two-day advanced course um training course which means in my two-day advanced course, what I do is I ask you what things you want to focus on. Yeah. Because in a two-day advanced course, I can't teach you the beginner stuff that I teach everybody in the three-day course because it's a lot to jam into two days. And a lot of people are going to forget and not gravitate and grasp everything. And I want everybody to be able to grasp everything. Because yeah. if, if you're doing a two-day course and you're trying to mash in a beginner course into two days... It's a lot of information in two days and people get sore, they get fatigued, they get tired. And if you're fatigued, you're not polishing right, you're you're bunching up your shoulders and you're learning bad habits. I don't want people to get bad habits. Honestly, I start my beginner training at 8 a.m. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times we're done by like noon, one or two, because as soon as people start getting fatigued, I cut it off. Sure. Because I don't want to build bad habits. I want people to go home having the right information and not going home with bad habits that they have to break on their own. I'd rather have them have good habits here mm -hmm. and take the good habits home sure. and create bad habits themselves at home. Right, right. But you came in with the two-day course, yep. and I had asked you, like, what exactly did you want to accomplish in two days? Mm -hmm. And your answer was you wanted to learn the science side. Science, I wanted to level up, yep. and I wanted to know why. And it blows me away even more that you were only not even two years in and you're interested in the science side. Because the science side is, it geeked me up for a minute because the science side is seriously what set me apart early on in my career. Yeah. Was stumbling across my buddy who, who was 
he was a metallurgist. He's now become my friend. Um, him and I have become rather close because we both enjoy the same kind of things. Yeah. Um, but honestly, that side of science is what helped me separate myself from, I, I don't want to say I'm different than everybody else, but it gave me a better understanding to start being able to push myself outside of the box of what I consider normal polish. Oh, for sure. I mean, you were able to get some ideas in your head answered to an yeah, extent. Yeah, 100%. Concepts. Yeah. Yeah. You were able to pick up on some... A lot of nuances that yeah. uh, I would I would have never figured out had I not had a microscope sitting in front of me and a guy to explain it. Yep. Like, I just didn't yeah, understand right. all that stuff. Right. You know? Right. Like, uh, seriously, the first time him and I had a real conversation, I felt like he was speaking German. Like, <clears throat> I know some German because that's where our family came from. Mm -hmm. My great-grandma, we spent a lot of time with her growing up, and her and all of our great-aunts and uncles, they all spoke German, so we couldn't understand that they were cursing at each other. So we, like, didn't know German, but we were around it enough that we kind of understood it, and that's I felt that same feeling when I was talking to him, like, I didn't exactly understand what he was saying all the time, yeah. but I felt like I was understanding it enough that I could kind of pick and choose sure. and wrap everything together into making sense. Right. So it was a lot of fun. So when you had brought that up, that you wanted to understand the science side, that's what that's the kind of stuff that turns me on. Like, Yeah, you were like, oh, I'm excited now. And I'm like, oh, what did I do? What's <laughs> going to happen today? <laughs> yeah, because when, when people want to do that, I can kind of take people to that next level beyond what is just normally part of training yeah because like if you had told me you were only two years into polishing i'm glad you waited till now to tell me because i i probably would have scaled it back a little bit and treated it a little more like a beginner and i'm glad i didn't because you were a very advanced polisher and it, we're sitting here talking i'm like do you want to be honest the first truck i ever polished for somebody was at the beginning of last year really yeah and that was a, an experiment. I'm like, dude, give me your truck and polish it. <laughs> don't even know what I charge them. Don't care. It just blows my mind. Because literally yesterday, you had told me you wanted to learn how to show polish something. Yeah. So I said, all right. And he was, you, you said you were struggling with the rotary sander. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I, I had you sand the back of my training tank, mm -hmm. like we do with almost everybody. And I had you start with 220, work your way all the way up to 600. My yeah. side, I as I was teaching you, I sanded my side from 220 to 400. And then I literally walked you through my steps to get a perfect, what I consider a perfect show finish. Yeah. Um, I have seen a lot of great polishers in my life. Um, I, I joke around and tell everybody I don't feel like I belong in the top 10. And Keenan, if you're listening to this, I know you hammer me and tell me I need to be in that conversation every time. <laughs> and I appreciate everybody saying that. But at the end of the day, I don't put myself in the top 10 because I want to stay hungry and yeah. I want to stay pushing. Yeah. And I don't feel like it's respectful to the guys before us that paved the way True. to take spots out of that top 10. And there are so many great polishers out there. Honestly, I, I still stand by the statement. One of my, one of my favorite polishers... Uh, is Arturo out in California. He is legitimately one of the best polishers I've ever seen. Um, I, I don't know if I spent the amount of time they spend polishing, like working on the same truck for two or three days. I don't know because I, I have never done it. Because I, I can't justify the cost. I can't I'm justify sure. giving my time away. Um, so I don't know if I can achieve the same things they can achieve. 
right. I need to just do it on my own stuff some winter when I'm just slacking and not doing anything and just spend some time and see what I can achieve on my own stuff just to kind of start rating myself, I guess. Sure. But honestly, I don't, I don't want to do that either for what it's worth. But what I consider to be the best show polish I have personally achieved myself, I was able to get you to replicate it yesterday. And to me, that's exciting because a pattern I personally developed, not something I learned from somebody or watched somebody else do or a process I know anybody else is doing. I literally showed you how to do it and you achieved it. And today we looked at it and the hash marks were so minimal, so minimal. I mean, it's a perfect mirror other than some light hash from the wax. I washed it today, wiped it, it didn't scratch. That's amazing because it is like smooth. Smooth and I mean the uniformity of the hash too that... It's dead even. It, it's, yeah, that was, I mean that that's a whole different level to me. So the fact that you were able to achieve that in a year... <laughs> well, I did it! Well, I mean, okay. Well, dude, your YouTube channel, okay? So... You know, he tries to tell me, you know, nobody watches this shit. And it's like, well, I did. And that's the reason I'm here because I took that advice and I freaking ran with it. And like, dude, my best friend, Nick, his name's Nick as well. He lives out in Utah. He moved out to Utah and was like, I want to be a welder. Yeah. And we lived in the same house. And I shit you not, I'd come home from work. He'd be watching YouTube on how to weld. On how to weld. How to weld. How to weld. Goes to the community college, gets in a welding class, top of the fucking class. Yeah. Like he could have taught it. Now he's a TIG welder. He welds turbos. Dude, that's awesome. And he kills it. Seriously, YouTube, I still feel YouTube is a an underrated resource. Absolutely. It it is you you wonder why so many kids know so much now about technology and stuff is because they, they search this stuff on YouTube all day long. Yep. Like my kids, yeah. I, I try to push my kids to watch more informational stuff on YouTube. Like I watch a lot of um, documentaries and stuff yeah. like that. I listen to a lot of audibles where I'm learning stuff. Yeah. And I push my kids to do that. Because honestly, there's not much that I've read in a book that I wasn't able to figure out through YouTube either. Sure. Like if you're not great at reading, you still have no excuse. Like you can easily watch YouTube and listen to it and watch it happen and still be able to do it. Now you gotta be careful. There's some crap YouTube videos out oh, there yeah. that aren't aren't leading you down the right path. They're just yeah. there for clickbait or whatever. But honestly, there's a lot of useful stuff on YouTube. Absolutely. And honestly, I don't think YouTube's going anywhere anytime soon. I feel like YouTube has solidified itself as the how-to warehouse. And if you can't find out how to do what you're doing, I don't care if you're assembling anything. You search assembling a Dude, drum set, it will show it's, you it's on there. exactly that brand. Right. Like, there's right. so many specific videos for what you're looking for. Right. And I mean, like, you know, don't get me wrong. You can't just watch a pol- his polishing videos and be like, okay. And, and I mean, dude, I, I, it took me multiple trucks, my truck practicing, like you said, yeah. trying to just, just make it work. Yeah. Right. And, and watching your technique, yeah. watching overlap and blah, 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 blah. So like, yeah, I sat there and I'd be eating dinner and my lady and the kid are sitting there 
<laughs> you know, they're sitting in the other room because they don't want to, they don't want to watch polishing videos. Right, and, yeah. and I remember a couple times too, because it's like, I got the volume up on that, so it's just quiet, and I'm just 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 sitting there eating, listening to, and I'm like, they probably think I'm so crazy, you know, and yeah, so yeah, I watched it, and then you know, taking what you watch, and I mean, I have a notebook with some notes and stuff like that, and I have like a dry erase board in my shop, like with notes and stuff, and and then you know, just putting your hand on the grinder and going to and actually doing it, whether or not it's on somebody else's stuff, which it wasn't at first because it shouldn't. It, it, well, at least not Honestly, for money, it shouldn't be. Like, Honestly, the only stuff. way you're ever going to get experience is just to do it. Exactly. You just got to get out there and do it. And luckily, I had a truck to, to practice on. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It's definitely more convenient that way if you can work on your own stuff. And if something goes wrong, you don't have to feel bad or owe somebody something. Exactly. You know? It's like, I didn't have that. I just had to do it. Exactly. And honestly, my first year, I've said this in the podcast a number of times, my first year, I all I did was hand polish because I was afraid the grinders were going to mess stuff up and I didn't want to be wrecking stuff. Like, I, <laughs> I used Blue Magic Metal Polish. That stuff is like ammonium-based. If you don't do it in a well-ventilated area, I, I'm telling you, you're going to die. Oh, boy. Like, I'm pretty sure you're going to die. <laughs> and honestly, that's where I started. My wife and I, we just sat and scrubbed with, we scrubbed, scrubbed with everything with Blue Magic. Eyes are watering, no respirator, nothing, just scrubbing this stuff in people's shops thinking we we're going to die in there sooner or later. But we are making money, you know? Yeah. And that's just where we started. And then picked up a grinder and was like, i got to figure this out. You can't spend all day on one truck and figure out how to make money. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to die. Sure. I'm just going to die. It's not going to happen. <laughs> so we finally figured it out and uh, just made it work. But yeah. It was good stuff. Yeah. And, and, uh, and when you did pick up that grinder... I mean, all the way up until now, and then I mean, from now it's 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 really I can go higher, higher with with what I know and what I now know. But now I'm interested to watch you go home. Sure, I'm always interested to watch everybody that comes here and trains, both the two day and the three day courses. The three day courses, the beginner stuff, like I enjoy those a lot too. But at the same time, it's different mm -hmm. because those kids or those adults, whichever it is, I'm teaching them the basics yeah. and I'm giving them a solid foot ground to start on. Sure. Everything else from then on, I tell them is going home and doing repetition. So I will teach you as much as I physically can. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you have to take that home and replicate it over and over and over. Now, my two-day courses, those guys are coming in already polishers. Most of them are. I've, I've had a few guys that were pretty cocky and thought, I'll just get all the beginner stuff done in two days. And a lot of times they don't, or they do, and they stay polishers for a few years, and then they fall off, and they go back to trucking, or they go back to working in a factory or something. Right. But to me, it's interesting to watch the guys that come in for the two-day advanced courses go home and see where they perform at when they go home and it's just them at their shop exactly like i i seriously i get a good feeling when people leave if they're going to do well or if they're not going to do well like if they're going to struggle some more when they get home before they finally get it and like you soaked in every bit of information i gave you and today you just put it to work we made some few minor adjustments sure. but honestly those are technique adjustments and those you're going to you're going to continually make for the rest of your career like I'm 24 years in and still making technique adjustments mm -hmm. year to year. 
sometimes the metal changes, sometimes the size of stuff changes, sometimes the tank's square instead of round and you got to change your pattern a little bit or the grills change to now no trim ring on them, whereas before they had trim rings, right? Your pattern and technique, all that stuff's going to continually change and evolve. And as long as you're continually learning and pushing yourself, you're not going to run into any issues. It's always just going to, you're going to bump into something, you're going to hit that wall, you're going to develop your own way to get around it, mm -hmm. and it's just going to work out. And I can tell you're one of those guys that really soaked everything in. And now I'm interested to watch you go home and, you know, what you do with it. For sure. And I feel like <clears throat> the reason why I soaked so much of it in is because I do, I didn't come here with any expectations. And that's, I just left it as an old. That's one of the first times somebody's told me that. And I guess I don't really ask that question very often to yeah. people. Like, what was your expectation coming in here and how do you feel leaving? And I'm definitely going to start adding that to my to my class is at the end of each day asking people like how they felt the day went and are are we accomplishing what they wanted to accomplish yeah. because that's it i never really thought that through before like you said it today yeah i don't like i said i had a lot of people asking me what do you think evan's gonna be like he he seems like a good dude he, he you know you think he's gonna and what do you think you guys are gonna do what are you guys gonna do i'm like dude i don't know I go, I honestly don't know because I feel like I can, and, and this is just me personally thinking, I feel like I can wrap that into, um, like where you're like, dude, you're a pretty good polisher. And I'm like, I didn't know where I stood, yeah. you know? And, and, and I still, I'm, I'm not standing anywhere. I'm just going to yeah. take it and I'm going to keep going and I'm going to keep going. But like to come up here and it's like, I, I, I could have walked in yesterday and, and threw down a couple lines for you or whatever, and you would have been like, dude, you're trash. You know, and I'm like, okay, yeah. I'm all right. You know, you're burning everything. Yeah. All right, I'll fix it, yeah. you know, whatever. But yeah, so I, when I, I didn't have any expectations, but I did just, I, I felt like I just needed it, and I did. I told him, like, I polished a few trucks before. Yeah. Um, I am into a show polish shine to, yeah. to try to take things to the next level. Yeah. But other than that, man, you could have been like, I don't know. I just, I didn't have any expectations. So, and that's wild to me. Like, honestly, I think every polisher at some point wants to be able to put out show polish stuff. I have met a few guys that are like, I have no interest in show polishing stuff. I just want to make money. And I'm like, that's cool too. Cause honestly, there's plenty of money in the industry to be had there. Yeah. The industry is huge yeah. and there's no end to it. As long as you're giving people a decent shine, they're happy with it. Most of the customers are happy. They just want to get shiny and back on the road. They're not looking for that showroom shine because honestly, like I was telling you yesterday, when we did that show polish and got it to what I consider perfection, I wiped it with a brand new microfiber towel today because I got it wet. Now we had to dry it off and I was so worried it was going to scratch because nine times out of 10, you wipe it with a mitt when it's at that level or a brush or anything at a truck wash and it's going to scratch it. Like it is too perfect yep. that you see something as soon as something goes wrong. Mm -hmm. So honestly, I, I'm kind of surprised, but at the same time, not everybody wants to achieve that. Yeah. And that's one thing a lot of people struggle with too, is they're always chasing that perfection and they chase that perfection Seriously, in the air of not charging what they're putting into it. Like you still have to be able to, if it's not a business and you're just doing it for shits and giggles on the weekends for your buddies, yeah, cool. Shoot for perfection on everything. Sure. Right. If you're doing it to make money, dude, perfection costs a lot. Yep. Like just to do those two little spots on that tank took us almost two hours. Yeah. I mean, between sanding, getting it prepped, going through the six different steps, which actually 
we'll be putting out a YouTube video on that soon. I had him polish it and we videoed it while you did it. And uh, we'll be editing that and putting it together so that you guys can actually see it. Which I did say, so I thought it was kind of funny. I come, I'm like, yeah, I can see the darkness, but you'll... <laughs> and I just kind of like froze up like, uh, no, but I mean, it was, it's a darker shine. Like oh, that's yeah. what I meant when I said, I can see the darkness. Like, no, it, it, that's, yeah. The 400, Anyways, is, the 400 yeah. is dark, but the extra yeah. heat just gives it the extra depth and clarity. It's weird how it works, but it just works. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm super excited. I think... Um, I think it's impressive that you were able to do that that quickly and that's what you're shooting for is you came here to learn that you learned it you learned a bunch of the science stuff and uh, you're gonna get to go home and I learn a lot from people even after they leave like sometimes I have some guys that'll come by once in a while now that you've done the training course if you're ever here during the summer we stay at my house um, Park your truck at the shop here. You want to work with me for a couple of days? You're Dude, more I'll, than welcome I'll, I'll be back, man. You're more than I'll welcome to grab a grinder and work on some of the trucks we're working on. 100%. And guys will come in and do refreshers like that. And for me, it's great to see you guys come back yeah. because it means that you had a good time when you were here yeah. and you wanted to come back. Yeah. But at the same time, it's cool to see you guys evolve as you move on too. Sure. Because taking it home and doing it is the next battle. And I, I love watching that stuff happen because I know somebody like yourself that leaves... I know you're killing it right now, and I, I, I just pray that <laughs> when you get home, you kill it just as good when you get home. Dude, when I get home, I'm going to have to set, because it's freezing where I'm, I live. Right yeah, now. right. And I'm going to set some, because like I'm already, some of the things that you critique me on, especially up on the steer, yeah. of keeping that rouge line outside of the lugs. Yep. Dude, that was something that I have looked at. Since I picked up a grinder that I did not like, yeah. and now I know why, that that, yeah. that, that that I can see that on wheels. And now you know how to fix it. And now I know how to fix it. So, like, like I was sending mental bullet points where you're like, that's wrong. And I'm like, okay, ching, that's that's one that I'm, I'm going to go home and I'm just going to practice it. I, and it wasn't wrong. It was just incomplete. It was incomplete. It, it wasn't wrong because I made it go away. <laughs> right, right, right. But I now know that, you know, that's why I could see that and I couldn't stand seeing that. Yeah. Yeah. On wheels. It was one thing that pet peeved me for a long time too. Like I used to do the same thing. I always cut on the left side, always push the rouge in towards the lug nuts. And then even when I switched over to the left side and I changed my hand position, because I used to hold by the head. Sure. And then when I switched over to my hand position, I leaned it in because it was more comfortable riding along the tops of the lug nuts like that. And I was like, that rouge line just drove me crazy. I'm like, if I just turn this out a little bit, I wonder what happened. And I literally was just, um, I want to say it was the year I bought my cab over mm -hmm. and I was working, working on my own truck. I pulled my truck in and was practicing on it. And I, I just was like, I'm going to polish this front wheel until that goes away. <laughs> and I literally like polished it, acidized it, polished it, acidized it, polished Dang. it, acidized it. And I just kept changing my pattern until all of a sudden it just like, it clicked. Just moving that out, that five, 10 degree angle was enough for the rouge to go away. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa wait, what just, what did I just do? And I, I remember the buffer just sitting there and the wheel just kept spinning. And I sat there for like a minute dry buffing it. Cause I was like, what am I doing right now? That's so different than I wasn't doing right, before. Right. And I remember I just held the buffer there and I'm focusing on it, like mentally processing, like what is physically happening right now that I wasn't doing before. And I, and I tipped my buff back that five degrees back and it pushed the rouge in and I tipped it back and it pulled the rouge oh, out. Wow. And I was like, 
Oh my god. Okay. Right? Five degrees made that big a difference. Like, like, get over here, take a picture of my arms. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna post this on my wall so yeah, I can remember man. it yeah. every day. Yeah. And then after I got done with mine, I was like, all right, now is it a fluke because I did it ten times with mine? Yeah. Like the wheel is so nice right now that is it a fluke? And I remember the first polish job I went to after I had figured it out on my truck. And I remember getting to that front wheel and I was like, I'm gonna try this on a customer's truck. And I did it and it replicated perfectly. I was like, that was the secret. I just had to tip it out and keep it off the lug nut a little bit and let it kind of jump a little bit and get pull that rouge and tuck my line all the way out. And dude, that was a big game changer for me because steer wheels, are one of the most important parts of the truck. Absolutely. That, your grill and your tanks are the first thing everybody sees. Drive wheel's gotta be glassed out, but it's not hard to glass out a drive wheel. I mean, there's so many different patterns you can do to glass out a drive wheel, but steer wheels, they are out and in front. It's the first thing everybody walks up when they Mm -hmm. see. They come to talk to you at your driver's door when you're sitting in your driver's seat. First thing they walk past is your crown, the the grill, and they walk past your front wheel, and then they look at at your box of them. crap about diamond parade right you know it's right, like right, it's not right. a plate it all sucks everybody just assumes it so right they don't tear that up too bad but your front wheels and your grill they got to be right because that's the that's one of the main pieces everybody sees mm-hmm. so um i ask everybody like what did you start out with for materials but we had talked about this yesterday that you pretty much started with ours right actually dude I, Upon like ordering parts for trucks, you know, four state throws it right in your face. You yeah. know, Zephyr. So the yeah. first thing I got was Zephyr, and then but the but I started. But hand polish. I don't think I quite made it through a, a full bottle of Zephyr hand polish. Yeah. And then I bought uh, Pen Shine, and, and then Lumi. and the Lumi. Yep. And then um, but as far as the bus, it was it was a, for that Joker wheel and. I don't know if it was an orange cut for them or whatever. The quick cut, the orange yellow probably. Quick cut, yep. Yeah. And dude, I honestly wish knowing what I know now and you know, knowing you, I wish you would have just like showed up and see what I had going on. Yeah. Because I was doing time and play again. Like and I mean, yeah, I see, you know, yeah, go this way and then go that way and then this way and I don't know what the hell I was going on, but I was like my neighbors thought with the pop you know, because I'm yeah, yeah. I'm outside in the backyard and dirty as all hell and yeah i just wasn't educated yeah. back then so yeah i started and honestly i started in the same place yeah. i started with zephyr and keystone you know that's that's where i started it was what was easily available and then i was lucky the parts place that i was buying from they switched over to uh Sigtex and um one of the bigger buff manufacturers they started buying in bulk and we started we started just buying it because it was what they had on their shelf sure and as soon as I started with that stuff, I noticed the difference in like how quickly I could get things done. And honestly, it just it changed the game for me. And not that there's anything wrong with Keystone or Zephyr. They make great products. Sure. It just, it, to me, it was a beginner start. Like it gave me a good place to start, but it wasn't, uh, it, it couldn't get me the results I wanted in a speedy time. Sure. And everybody's got their own, their own different opinion on it. Um, I'm sure Time to Shine doesn't work for everybody, and I'm okay with that. Like, I I wanted it to be for everybody, but I know everybody has their own techniques and their own patterns, and if you're not building heat and pushing heat, different compounds don't work in those situations. If you're back cutting and um, doing a lot of 
a lot of back cutting and pushing forward through or shark toothing for that yeah. example. Yeah. Um, a lot of that stuff, you can use different compounds. There's a lot of different options you can do if you're going to build heat first and then go back over the top of it. So there's a lot of different ways to do it. But for me, I just wanted it to be a quick route. We did a lot of work trucks through my shop. We do a lot of work trucks. Yeah. It, all summer long, we're doing fleets. We're, we're doing quick cuts and colors. We're not, we're not doing a ton of show stuff. We do show stuff. Like I said, it's, it's only ever like 10% of our business ever at max yeah. is show stuff. And um, we just need to get people back on the road. They want to be shiny. They want to look good. And they don't want to spend a fortune. So. Right. That stuff works out right. Um, what's been kind of the, like the highlight of your career so far? And honestly, I, I shouldn't even be asking this question because you're only a year in. But like, what's one of the coolest things you've done in this in this past year? Like, is there a certain customer that um, you got to polish for, or maybe it was doing your own truck and getting the results you got right now? So the highlight of my career, honestly, um, I think it was probably, I think it was the third truck that I polished for somebody else. Um, and like kind of going back to what you're saying about your wife helping you early on. Yeah. Um, my girlfriend, Manny, she's like, she's the bomb. She supports me through everything. She is right there with me polishing. It's a cool feeling. Yeah. Dude, it, and it, it is because she's not, you know, um, humping me from inside the house. What's going on? She's been here. She's literally <laughs> helping me out. And then what's even cooler is like, um, Rose, um, her seven-year-old daughter will like yeah. wipe down freaking lug nut covers for us. That's awesome. And stuff. So, um, anyways, it was like third truck I did. Manny and I, like, I killed this one. On I, I thought I knocked it out because he had this rough diamond plate along the bottom of his dump box. Sure. That he was like, yeah, you know, and I was like, no. That look good. <laughs> I see these trucks going down the road. Oh yeah. So, um, like I was so juiced for this guy. He's like, he's he doesn't really know. He's like, oh, shiny truck. You know, yeah. whatever. And I got and you know I, I polished his heat shields and I just went I went over the top because I just wanted to see this thing from a distance, man. I really did. Dude, that's some deep stuff. Like I I avoid heat shields like they're the plague. I've done two of them, mine and then. That dudes. I hate them. Just so colored much. it. I just colored it. Yeah, like, no, if you're just yeah. doing a recolor, yeah. it's not so bad. But if you got to get wind rash out of them, those things are so thin and yeah, they're not no made thanks. out of great stainless. Like they're not fun. No thanks. They're not fun. If it wouldn't have cleaned up the way it did, I would have been like, yeah, you know, yeah, it, yeah, I wouldn't have. Anyways, this dude's truck left, and I took a video of it leaving and stuff like that. And I was like, I was just super stoked on it. It had a lot of good things on it that I could like show off. You know, like and polish really well. Yeah. Had, like a box behind yeah. the tank, which was like two mirrors right side by side. Sure. So, anyways, a uh, couple days go by, and I get a phone call from a random number. And uh, this guy, a big buyer by Park City, he runs a lot of oil and a lot of cool trucks. Yeah. And he calls me, he goes, Hey, I seen so and so's truck going down the road, and I know he didn't do it. <laughs> and I'm like, Yeah, what's up? And he goes, You want to polish one of my trucks? Actually, he's going to wash it and polish it for me and uh, detail the inside. And I'm like, Yeah, sure. So, not only am I getting to polish these things, but I have a CEL. So he's like, keys are in it. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to drive these old A models. Dude. And like, I'm showing up and they're like, oh, that's his baby. And I'm like, oh, don't tell me that, you know? So I'm, I'm, I'm like, 
Kid in the candy store, man. Just so Jack. Jack. So that that was like my first like, okay, word of mouth is gonna go in this little town that I live in. It and goes it everywhere. And it did. It goes everywhere. It really did. Yeah. That's one yep. That's one thing that doesn't go out of style anywhere. Yep. Anywhere. Especially in the trucking industry. Like everybody can talk whatever they want about liberal this or liberals that. Like you get into the trucking industry, word of mouth is God. Like it is. And I don't know if this if it's because the industry's uh, so tight knit and like so many people like yourself had a dad or a grandpa that they rode with and had they were they saw that and even though the industry's changing the word of mouth is still strong like i don't think that's ever going anywhere in this industry i don't think so either and if it does i have a big problem yeah. because dude just like the freight i moved to get out here yeah it was all through word of mouth yeah in like a subculture like you know there's like there is the dirt the, 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 the dirt the dirty dark nasty side of trucking yeah. that you see at the big trucks absolutely that and then there's a small group of us you know much like the guys that you know all the stuff that you i see all these posters in here these trucks and it's like you know it's like it's these guys that they have that tight-knit group of guys that are you know the camaraderie basically and that group's so, actually pretty big like if you actually get out to some of the bigger shows not everybody built these show trucks to swing sack. You know what I mean? Some guys did. Sure. Don't get me wrong. There, there's a couple bad eggs out there. Like, I feel like every industry has those. Yeah. But for the most part, most guys built them because they wanted something cool for themselves to drive. You know? And to me, that's awesome because there's so much pride in these trucks. And I think that's why there's so much hate in this industry, too, is because some people have so much pride in their own personal truck that when they somebody tells them it's not their flavor, they're mad. Because their heart and soul is in that truck. Absolutely. Like, I'm telling you, like when I took my cab over last year, fresh off a rebuild to Louisville, and I don't know if Ron Beer listens to these at all. I doubt he listens to my podcast. But when he came up to me and told me that my my chrome tank brackets was one of the coolest things he had seen in a long time, I told all my buddies, Everybody could have walked up to me the rest of that weekend and sure. told me my truck was the biggest pile of crap they'd ever seen <laughs> in their entire life. Right. I wouldn't have cared. Right. Because one of the guys that mattered to me in my life gave me the ultimate compliment. And I, I don't know if he realized how big of a compliment that was to me. Sure. But it was one of those things that like I I did personally because I wanted it to be different from anything I see currently. Sure. And I wanted something new, fresh flavor and he hit on it right off the right off the cuff. It was one of the first things he pointed out, and to me that meant a lot. Yeah. So, honestly, I don't care. I don't take a lot of that stuff personal. I used to take a lot of things personal. I don't as much anymore. Yeah. And I guess that comes with getting old and definitely <laughs> getting older and letting that letting that roll off my back. But I think that's the reason why so many people have an issue in this industry is because they take it personal because it's their baby. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I see what you're saying, and if it doesn't matter what truck you're into me, man, if your aluminum's on point and you're buttered up and the, you know, obviously whatever weather pending, of course, yeah, I don't care, man. Don't tell everybody. You got pride in that shit, dude. That's that's tell all it everybody. is, man. I don't care if you got a brand new Cascadia or Volvo with an automatic, or you got a 359 or an A model, or the baddest 389 you've ever seen, like. Pride in your ride is what matters to me. Yeah. Like, I, I honestly don't care. Like, 
I, I always go back to Chad Berry's arrow. Yeah. Like that thing right up there. Dude, that thing was beautiful. And it was an arrow. Like, yeah. How many people, how many people even looked at an arrow back then and was like, dude, they're cool. Right. And there was a few, there was a few on the circuit that was like, this is kind of cool. But then Chad, Chad dropped that thing and everybody's like, whoa, we can start doing something cool right. with these arrows. Right. It, personally, for me, like, I, I base stuff on like, well, did that break my neck going down the road? Right. And, and honestly, one thing that, that like will get me up out of my seat and break my neck is a truck that you wouldn't normally see yeah. pressed out yeah. and buttered up. So to see like a fleet truck, like, dude, everyone thinks In-N-Out trucks are, you know, the coolest thing. Yeah. And they really are. Like, oh. dude, a fleet truck, that on point, like, that's that's freaking sweet. 100%. And I don't know. I mean, there's there's some stuff floating around Salt Lake that, you know, some guys that are fleet drivers that just take it to the next level. And that is the, because you use, that's all you see nowadays to an extent. Yeah. So to see something like that buttered up and somebody put a little bit of time into it, man, that's that's we all, say that's awesome. here in Wisconsin, we're super lucky. I, I refer to Nelson Truck Lines just north of here. Yeah. He's got a really nice fleet, and he's got a really good group of drivers. A yeah. lot of those guys are juicing their tires, wiping down interiors. Mm-hmm. Some of those guys go to shows. Like, sure. He's got nice trucks, and the guys take care of them, and they're fleet trucks. Like, right. They've got some stainless on them. Most of them are Peterbilts, and you know, there's a there's a few, I think, Freightliners mixed in there. But honestly, even those guys are juicing tires, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I don't care if you're a fleet truck or an owner op that's got one truck. Like, if you're doing that stuff, you got your, you got my respect. Exactly, man. Exactly. Yep. So, what's been the most interesting thing you've polished so far? Um, most interesting. Uh, I see my buddy, my buddy Jimmy Johnson's truck. I mean, that's everyone knows that truck, the duck truck. Yeah. And uh, you know, I polished. I went up there and I polished it for him, and that was. You know, that's a truck that a lot of people look at. And unfortunately, he wasn't able to make the big iron last year, but uh, he was supposed to. Um, and, and I polished it, and I polished his trailer reels, and I polished his trailer boxes. Um, that that was a good one. Were you sure. worried knowing that so many people know who he is? Were you worried when you were getting ready to polish it? Wheels, no. Tanks, no. Trailer boxes, yes, because I didn't sand long enough. And really? I wasn't, I didn't like what came out on the other end. And I did, I just, I blitzed stuff to view Montana to just knock it out in the weekend. And, uh, cause I'll tell you, my guys will tell you at Louisville on Saturday, trophy day, I am a wreck. <laughs> like I'm not nervous. I'm not nervous for myself. Cause honestly I do the best I can and that's yeah. all I can do. Yeah. Like I know what I'm, what I'm trying to put out. So I do what I can, but I'm a nervous wreck because I want all my guys to do well like and if they don't do well i worry like what do they think about me if that happens 100 percent understandable i mean dude look at the stuff that you're polishing yeah that Honestly, is I'm blessed with the trucks we get like you, that next level shit man yeah. it really is and like jimmy's truck you know his truck is on its own level, is on its own playing field. Hundred percent. It really is. And Working it, it, that it's, thing every day through the snow and salt. Exactly. It's a grit. It's an it's an old piece of iron. Mm-hmm. And you know, even like Don Wood. Yeah. I I dug his truck when he rebuilt it when it was still a day cab. I thought it was super cool, and he had a regular polisher. So 
I never asked him to do work for him. Sure. I just don't. I, do, I don't do cold calls anymore. I don't chase chase anybody. I'll hang out with people and talk with them and stuff. But like, I don't physically like ask somebody to let me polish their trucks and stuff because I I feel like it puts too much pressure on the situation and it gives them too much control. And yep. I, I want people to come to us because we have the reputation or because they want us to do work for them. I don't want them to come to me because I begged them to. Right. You know, I don't want to be that guy. Yep. And Don was one of those guys. He had a regular polisher and he approached me, said he was building uh, a really cool truck and he was going to make a run at Louisville and he wanted to know if I could be on board with him. Yep. And I was like, dude, like, yeah, absolutely. I would love to be a part of that. But I said, you have a good polisher. Use your guy. Don't use me just because it's the name. Sure. Like, I don't want that to be the case. He goes, no, I just want you to be a part of it because I, I think you're I think you're a great guy and I, yeah. I want you to have a part in it. I'm like, sure. all right, cool. And um, he started bringing me parts and we didn't perform. <laughs> like, he brought me some wheels and they were rough. I mean, they were rough. And I was like, I am not a good enough polisher to fix this. For I was going to say, what was he looking to get out of them? Yeah, so like, they were, they were like his, they were his old show wheels yeah. and he was, putting them on Paris, you oh. know, he was going to take her to Louisville with it. And I'm like, dude, I can give you the best I can, but honestly, like these aren't going to cut it. And when he came picked them up, he's like, yeah, you're right. These aren't going to cut it. And that was like crushing because it was like, I wanted to sand those things down and mack them up, but I knew I was going to wreck those rims. Like the pits were deep. The inners were rough. That's like, that line that we were talking about the other day. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So he ended up buying buying some new wheels, and of course the new wheels aren't good enough out of the box either. So we still had to sand them down, and sure. polish them out. And well, at least he brought them back. I thought you were yeah. saying like, oh no, he's going somewhere else. And then no, so no that was my worry. Is oh, right, I, you know, right. I, I didn't know him well enough to have that conversation of like, you know, if you buy some new wheels, I'll I'll mac them out for you. I can make right. them look like chrome. Right. But I, I didn't know him well enough to have that conversation with him, and I, I was grateful that he did buy some new wheels and contacted me like a couple weeks later. He's like, listen, I bought some new wheels. I'm going to bring them down. They don't look good enough for what I want. If I bring you these new wheels, can you make them look like I want? I said, hundred percent. I will give you 200%. And he goes, I'm just asking for a hundred percent. He goes, every person that is a part of this truck build, I asked for a hundred percent and everybody has overperformed and given me 120% or better. And Nick down at Amcan, he gave him 200%. And I was like, if Nick's building this thing and they're they're giving two hundred percent, I gotta give two hundred percent. So like yep. we we did literally everything we could to make sure those wheels were glass. Like we wanted them perfect, and then COVID hit and <laughs> Louisville didn't even happen. Right, right, and he had to run around to the shows for a year, and we had to repolish it the following year for Louisville again and mac everything out. And he had run to Cali, and all those stainless plates in front of his fenders were just sandblasted from going through the desert up to Cali. So I had to shave all them back down and repolish them back out. Like that truck's been a battle for us. But right, right. Nonetheless, it was one of those things that like, even through a crappy situation where I couldn't perform where I should have been on those wheels, yeah. Don stuck with us. And now, honestly, if Don called me and told me he was stranded in Illinois, like I would hop in my truck and drive down and pick him up, right. get him some parts, whatever he needed. Right. I'm sure he's got other friends in that area, but nonetheless, if it was ever in that situation and he called me, he needed, needed somebody to come get him or go get a driver or whatever. And last year he won best of show in Louisville 
in his class, the, the big boy show class, combo class. And as a thank you, he hauled my cab over down to Wildwood, which fulfilled one of my dreams of getting my own cab over down to Louis, to Wildwood. Yep. And I got to put in the 75 Chrome Shop show. And now I consider Don one of my great friends. I mean, I, I would go to war for him. Yep. And all from a, not chasing him and begging him to do work for him. Right, you know? exactly. Yep. I feel like it builds better relationships. I think so. Yeah. But Just, I was nervous as hell. Right, right, <laughs> right, right, right. Because right, right. when they started calling off the names for best of show and Don hadn't won like best engine or best paint or any of that stuff, I was like, oh my God. I know he's got enough points in all the classes to be in the conversation. Yeah. He has to be. Like, unless he got disqualified, he has to be in that conversation, right? Because I, th- I, I honestly feel like his truck is one of the best. And Jimmy's was the same thing. But Jimmy had at least won a couple of his classes. I think he got best interior. Um, I think he got um, second place in like paint or mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. And I was like, Jimmy's at least in the conversation for best of show as well. Because he was on point. Like he was on point. Don was on point. It had rained that entire day before. We wiped everybody seven times because it kept raining. Wasn't it cold too? It was cold. It was cold. Yeah. It was cold and rainy. Yeah. And we were wiping in the rain to make sure that the water didn't spot. And what was going through your head when, when like you see when that weather came in like that? And you're like, dude, dude, you're like, before what the f- the Louisville before that, the last one before COVID, it snowed the night. Oh, what? you know, I heard. I, no, I heard about that. It snowed the night before. Yeah, Saturday. I heard about that. We got up at four o'clock in the morning, so I'm like, boys, we can't wipe in the snow. And once it started snowing, I was like, we just got to do whatever. And we we were polishing um, a car hauler deck in the snow, and the rouge was freezing in the pad. And we literally muscled through it and just, like, switched over to conventionals and just kept cutting. But it was freezing. It was freezing as fast as we could cut. Right. So we were just grinding, and it looked like trash. I felt so bad. We the polish just didn't look good. I'm like, we should have just stopped and left it. Like we couldn't have made that look any better in the conditions we were in with as cold as it was. Um, and I didn't have the proper equipment to, to make it work in the condition we were in, mm-hmm. but we're like, we're going to get up at 4 AM cause the weather's supposed to break at like three and we're going to go in. And the first truck we walked up to, we sprayed spray wax on it and it froze to the truck. And I was like, Oh no. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we sprayed it in the towel thinking we could wipe it on. And it just like wiped in ice crystals like that. And I was oh, no. like, first off, how do we get that off? <laughs> Second off, how do we get all these trucks clean? And we didn't, everybody just got judged with snow on their trucks and it just was what it was. And I was worried that last year's Louisville was going to be the same situation that we were, everybody was just going to have water spots. And we always call rain the great equalizer because when it's raining during judging day, everybody's even. When everything's wet, everybody's paint looks good. Yeah. When everybody's wet, the judges don't get down on their knees and dig. <laughs> they leave it right, alone. You know, right, so like, right. now it's just judged on what your truck looks like standing back at it 10 feet. And we're lucky we get to line up with a lot of the guys that are building cool stuff and a lot of the guys that are, you know, working on cool stuff and driving cool stuff that they've been driving for a while and whatever the case is. But um, we're lucky on those days too because those guys are already known. But um, yeah, I was nervous. Don's name hadn't got called for anything. <laughs> Jimmy had won a couple awards. Um, um, Vanderswig, they had won a couple awards. 
And then all of a sudden they start rattling off the best of shows and it's one class, two class, three class, four class, five of the classes, best of shows. There was only six classes. We won five out of the six best of shows last year. And Chad Foss, we had no idea he was in the running either. Like we knew he was going to be in the conversation, but we weren't sure he was going to get it. And he sure. got it. Dude, I was so stoked. I was yelling so hard, I lost my voice. <gasps> and I walked up. I walked up and gave um after trophy ceremony, I walked up and gave Don Wood a hug. I always congratulate all my guys, right? Yeah. And then I have them come by the booth because I want to take pictures with the trophies in our booth to, you know, post up thank yous after. Yep. And I walked up and gave Don a hug and he like picked me up off the ground, you know. <laughs> he was so stoked to have won it. Jimmy, Jimmy and I were crying, like it was an awesome emotional like moment yeah. that like these guys got validation for all their hard work. Sure. And that for me is the best part. Like I don't want the guys to win for me because as, as you've seen in my office, not a single one of those Louisville trophies or Dallas trophies, or I have one trophy in my office, two trophies in my office. One of them's for my own truck. I had my cab over, Somehow I ended up getting a, a light night lights trophy from Wapan one year. <laughs> like I don't know if somebody put a placard in my right my whatever. And the other trophy is uh Ken and Barb Fisher had given me their runner up Dallas trophy one year. Um they were one of the people that gave me my first break in the show scene. And uh they wanted me to have something of them in the sure. office. And uh that's the only trophy. I don't have a single Louisville trophy in here. I don't have a single Dallas trophy in here. We had won a lot of best of shows at both of those. And both of them were white glove events, you know? And so I don't win them for, I don't win them for myself. Like, I don't need the bragging rights. I don't, I don't, I'm not a big bragger. Like, it's cool that we, that we've won those things. Yeah. I'm more stoked for Jimmy. Yeah. Because that trophy is going to sit in his office for mm -hmm. the rest of his life. And he's going to remember that week that he shut everything down and cleaned his tail off to get that trophy. Right. And we got to be a small part of that. Yeah, like, absolutely. I didn't buy the truck. I didn't build the truck. We just came in and put the lipstick on the pig. You know? Like, right. And right. to me, that's awesome. And Jimmy. Jimmy's been in my house. Like, when we cleaned his truck last year for Louisville, we had it full tore apart in my shop for, like, I don't know, four or five days, something like that. And he was underneath there degreasing and cleaning while I was running wheels, mm -hmm. you know? And when we got done running wheels, we put it all back together. And yep. Drove it down there in a snowstorm. He went, home, <laughs> he went home and cleaned even more when he got home. Like, we had it pretty clean when he left here, but he got home and degreased it and cleaned it even more when he got home. So, like, he stayed at my house the whole time he was here. And how many people can say that, you know, a legend like Jimmy got to stay at their house? Right, <laughs> right. Dude, that side of things is, I mean, it is. It's, it's obvious just how next level that shit is, man. It really is. Yeah. Like, you're saying... I mean, if we went to go to degrees in my truck, we'd be out there for a long time. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, like, I... I we cleaned it pretty good today. Yeah, no, we did. We did. We absolutely did. But, like... I, mean, I wouldn't put it on front row at Louisville. It's, <laughs> it's oh, come clean. on. My paint's sweet. Man. It's clean? No, it's no clean. It, it is. It's clean. And, I, and then... Yeah. I, I, I would love to be around yeah. That process. Dude, and, come and sometime. Just see, Seriously, man. come to a show and just come hang out with us. Yeah. Like, just kind of... Get to know everybody. Like I have no problem. Like I, I have a bunch of polishing crews that come in and work alongside of me at Louisville. And you're more than welcome to be one of those guys if you ever decide you want to come to Louisville and polish for a couple days. We polish Sunday, Monday, Tuesday before the show. We 
do not polish Wednesday because trophy day is Thursday. So we start detailing on Wednesday because I want my polish to be done by Tuesday night. We talked about yep. this because I want to let my hash marks settle out and I want it to be on point by the time judging starts. So if you ever want to come polish, you're more than welcome to come this Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Put me on like the lightest duty crab. Like, <laughs> I'm going like, what do I do? I forgot how to oh, do all this stuff. No, you'd be just fine. Dude, I would, I would love to see well, I mean, the polishing, that level is obviously intriguing to me because I polish. But the whole getting underneath everything, I've, I've just, I've never seen it. Yeah. So, like I said, I love polishing the backside of the fuel tanks and stuff like that. It's interesting. Yeah. Thank God we got Parker and he's small. He can crawl into a lot of places. But I used to do all that stuff myself. Be laying on a creeper, polishing like this right in front of my face, hoping the buff doesn't explode. <laughs> blow my face off. Right, right, oh right, right, right. It was a lot of stupid years in there, but we did a lot of that stuff. Yeah, but honestly, I'm really surprised that you weren't nervous doing his truck, knowing how many people know his truck. Dude, well, I know Jimmy really well, so I know the that type helps. of person he is, man. And, and he's and he's like, he will roll into a show with bugs on his truck. Yeah. Now, I mean, well, he's, he's a worker. He, he's, he's a worker. Like, he's going to show up and, you know, he'll... he'll He'll polish his, you know, and wipe his his truck down. He'll get it washed, but yeah. if it if it comes down to it, it, just it is what it is, you know. So, yeah. um, I mean, and he he watched me there like the first thing. He's like, oh, okay, like you do know what you're doing. You're like, yeah. you know, damn. And then he was nervous. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I I legitimately think he was. And I mean, was I about to put a buff on his Mercury sleeper? Absolutely not. Yeah. And you know how many guys I know have tried that. And we're like, oh yeah, yeah, no, I know how to polish. I can do everything. And they tried no. something that was outside of their box at a show. Like, dude, I watched I watched a couple of polishers a couple of years ago. I want to say this was like 2012 or 2013, somewhere around in there. Dude, they they decided they were gonna polish a dump box in the parking lot at the show. I was like, why would you do what? that? Dude, they did. They literally set up scaffolding. We're working day and night trying to get this dump box done. It was like a 40, 44. 48 foot dump box, like a high sided one, like a six or like a seven or eight foot. And they were trying to buff this whole thing in the parking lot. And I felt terrible because the weather conditions changed and they couldn't finish it. They just couldn't finish it. Right. Like you are in the elements there. I mean, I, I just think, I mean, just if they're going to try to polish through the night or into the night, it's like, well, I don't know what the weather was like there, but now you're getting colder and it's like. Oh well, yeah, even the even what? the dew and the the humidity and the moisture at night, like all that stuff plays a huge factor for sure. Yep. Everything changes. Yep. Everything changes. No, but I mean, I, I have been nervous polishing people's stuff, and like, honestly, the the one A model that that Vic guy has, if it wasn't for me getting my nerves out just driving it home, yeah. and he just dropped it off, yeah, then I would probably be like, yeah, okay. And you just drove his baby. I drove his baby. <laughs> right, exactly. And I'm like, this is... Definitely breaks the ice a little more. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so I get it home, and it's like, yeah, I've driven it. Do, do it a little bit. Make it happen. Yeah, make it happen. Yeah. So what's the thing that you've polished so far? And like I said, now it really still just blows my mind. You're only a year in. Yeah. But like, what's the one thing you've polished that like you kind of got burnt on? Whether it was uh, you yeah. lost money on the deal... Yep. Or, like, what were you doing that put you in that situation? Like, what, what's the story? Okay, yeah, so, while I, I polished on the weekends and I trucked during the week, especially this last year where I was able to, I was fortunate enough to stay local in Salt Lake City, trucking, almost like a job. Eight to, well, not, I'd be up at 4.30 and be home by 3.30, whatever. Sure. Um, 
and then on the weekends I do the deal or I have trucks over during the week and I do it. Well, I pulled up to a shipper one day. I was actually on my way out to the Big Iron Classic. I was getting loaded in Ogden, and this guy seen my truck when I pulled in. And that was kind of a highlight, too, because, I mean, this guy just walked out and said, who polished your truck? And I said, I did. And he goes, well, do you polish other people's stuff? And I said, yeah, I do. Why? What's up? And he points to, you know, 12 trucks along the fence. And I'm like, okay, you know. And, I, and, I was <laughs> like, I'm, and then, you know, I was like, here, here's my number. Call me when you get back. Two weeks go by, I come back. And, uh... I'm like, okay, well, if I tackle this stuff, and I and I went and looked at it, and I'm like, so it was an hour away from my house. Yep. Hour each way. Yep. So I'm commuting into Ogden. I look at it. I'm like, how am I going to do this in a timely manner? So I call up my cousin. He's like 21, just turned, or no, he's 21 at the time. I'm like, you know, I'm going to bring him out, and I'm going to get him going on this deal with me. So I'm starting looking at their stuff, and they were 1.1 million 1.23 million mile trucks that have never seen anything other than acid just white dry Dude, the porous or, or like the coarsest you know what i mean like this when you wipe oh, that yeah. type of aluminum yep. you know exactly what I'm talking been there been there and um i told him i said you know this is this is a lot of work here you know i was like but i can do it i was like oh, yeah, you know, i'll make it work and yeah. you know my side of like let's make okay. this let's make this fucking pig look not like a pig you know so and, and yep. that and that excitment of making something that doesn't look good look good so Miguel, like, yeah, i go into it and uh kenworth tanks 150 155 gallon tanks yeah six wheels steps everything needed to be sanded Oof. literally i everything. don't sand diamond plate i don't, I don't. Well, that was a learning experience. Yeah. You know, I busted out the satin wheel and oh yeah, yeah and it, it, it helped. It helped. Yeah, you can and it helps, it helped. but it's not great. And it's not the, the amount of time you're putting into it versus the time what you're going to charge for it. Never always one hundred percent. So aside from the wheels, I'm saying it's six thousand RPM with the dude. I'm like, <laughs> I'm just blowing through this. I'm hogging, man. And and I wasn't like. You know, back to like we are talking about, like, you know, how much can you really sand a wheel? You know, like that, that came into my mind. And the gentleman that I was doing it for, I mean, he said it, and he had a good idea of taking one of the inner aluminum duels out of one of the, like, one of the trailers and just so putting them on the, put outside. On the outside. And I'm like, dude, yeah. And he's like, well, let's just do the first one like this. I'm like, okay. Told the mechanic there, and their mechanic was willing to work with me on taking some of the, the fuel tank steps sure. off and stuff like that, which was sure. sweet. I, yeah, that yeah, always helps. The 100%. So he didn't just take the steps off the bracket. He did the bracket off. He took, not only did he take the steps off, but he took the straps off from the bracket. So they're just dangling there. Oh. The straps are right there. I'm like, what the? That's now, brutal. you know, now I got these, so I'm taping those out of the way, doing them. Oh, and the, like I was telling you, the one tank just was leaking yeah. by the end of it. And then after the first day, he didn't want me polishing the shop no more. And I'm like, oh man, and um, I, I I did two other, and then I, the first truck was what it was. I mean, it, it turned out good. It's it was a shiny. Experience. It was a learning experience. And then the next truck I did from was a 379 that was fresh out of paint. Yeah. And uh, same deal. It, it, it yes, it needed everything: grill, buckets, 379 yep. headlight buckets, yep. steps. Did do a visor, but everything needed to be sanded and at that point you know i was like you know i was well aware to an extent the work ethic that i needed to put in to, to get it done yeah. and then um 
with tasking my cousin what to do as well and trying to keep him on course and watching him while I'm trying to get the bulk of this stuff done. That's a um, struggle. It is, man. And I, and I, a big, huge learning experience. Don't take anything negative out of it for me, but you know, I definitely didn't make money because I was taking step boxes home to set up on my, cause I couldn't work in their shop no more. Yeah. And I mean, the first couple, like I did on there, just set it on the back wheel on the drive yeah. and, it, and it worked, but right. Yep. I was like, you know, I'm after hours now where yeah. I'm leaving when they're wanting to close the gate. Yeah. And I'm taking it home for a weekend and still going in on the steps because Oof. I don't want to deliver a shitty product. Yeah. Um, they've been in the game a long time. Yeah. Their trucks are cool, but I lost my ass on yeah. it. I really did. And I'll just, I'll just, yeah, I'll just take it as a learning experience. You know, it was a learning experience for my cousin. It was a, yeah, you know, he made, my cousin made money. <laughs> he made money. So. I always, I always eat it on my end too. Like yeah. most of my guys always eat. I will never, I'll never not give my guys a paycheck, you know, but at the same time, there's been a lot of times in my career where I ate crow and yeah. it was like, oh, if I really thought I was going to be able to make some money on this deal. Sure. I came in and did 10, 12 trucks and we just ate like, I ask everybody for close up pictures if I can go and look at it and estimate it, look at everything piece by piece and kind of judge what I'm doing. And luckily I'm 24 years in now. I have a very good judge of walking Absolutely. up and looking at something going, this is going to need 180 grit versus that can just use some 600 and I can bust it out. Okay. And I can still make some decent money. Okay. But yeah, it makes a huge difference once you get that, you get a few hundred trucks underneath your belt, you're going <laughs> to get it a little closer. Right, right. Yeah, just being able to do that, like, Hell, I'm excited for that day. Just go, yeah, a little 400, 600. Uh, no, we're going to take that down. They just get taken down. Yeah. So yep. being able to, uh, to see that threshold for shit, that'll be sweet. <laughs> so even though you're only one year in. Sure. If you had to talk to somebody that was just starting polishing right now. Yeah. A brand new beginner. Yep. Somebody that's just getting started. Yep. What's one of the best pieces of advice you've learned in this last year that you would give to them to give them a head start? Um... The best piece of advice, if they're going, if they're telling me, how do I do this? How do I pick the grinder up? Pick the grinder up. Personally, I'm like, dude, you got it. You've got to get comfortable with that grinder in your hand. Now I might say, hey, you're going to have to maybe, I might just tell them to do what I did and go watch some YouTube videos and, and look at the, look at the hand movements and how, how people are holding stuff. But literally, like I was telling you earlier, when I learned how to get the bottom of the tanks, yeah. I would just feather it. Yeah. Like I got to get used to get holding used to that. Helpful. So I think just get used to holding whatever RPM you choose to hold. Right. Get 100%. used to holding that. Acclimate yourself. Yeah. To your tool. Yep. 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 And that that's is awesome. Just, that's a great point. I don't think anybody in the podcast so far has ever brought that up to acclimate yourself with a tool, but that is a great, that's a great piece of advice. I mean, that's, that's a, that's a weapon. Yeah. And like, dude, I mean, yeah, just like you were telling me earlier, and just like for the first time in my super long career of one year working on other people's <laughs> stuff, I snagged the wires under my bunk today. On your own truck? On my own truck, thank God. And it, you know, I was feathering it so it didn't rip shit apart. Yeah. But yeah, we um, got super lucky. Yeah, we did. But like, did just rip the wires out or nothing? Nothing, right? man. Lights still worked and everything. So <laughs> snapped a zip tie though. So yep, just a zip tie. It. One zip tie was the casualty. But getting comfortable with that sucker in your hand, I feel like, I mean, that's that's just, dude, you start there and you get whatever. If you're just, yeah, I don't know. That was it, man, because I was scared to hold that thing yeah. when I first started. 
There's some days I'm still scared of it. Sure. Like, there's some times where I'm working on some stuff and it's in a tight spot. I'm like, this could go wrong. I should not have a buffer in here. Like, this could go bad in a hurry. Right. I was just training some kids the other week, um, like a month ago, and the kid was holding the grinder in a really weird position. Like, dude, is that that video you posted? Yeah, that everybody was trashing and talking trash. I was like, dude. I don't know about talking trash. I was like, it's like looking down the barrel of a bazooka. Literally. Like, and I, I told him that right then and there, and I, I had invited the owner out to watch this happen because I was like, dude, you need to know what's going on in your own shop. And I'm like, where'd you learn this? He's like, owner, son. I'm like, oh my God, so there's more of you doing it this way. 6,000 RPM. I was like, you guys got to be careful, man. Like, if that thing catches on something, it's a rocket launcher at your face. Like, it's going at you and who's ever behind you because that's where it's headed. And... Honestly, I, I quickly corrected and told them that this wasn't the right way to do this. Yeah. That yes, you are polishing and it's working, but you're literally holding on to a hand grenade. Like what? it's it's like holding on to a hand grenade without the pin in it. Sure. Like yes, there's nothing happening right now, but the chances of something that could happen are very probable and highly likely. Yep. Like. All you got to do is move your hand the wrong direction in that trigger goal, and all of a sudden your hand's gone. That grenade goes off. Like, that grinder doesn't care if you have a wife or kids or family at home. Like, that grinder doesn't know anything. It's an inanimate object. You have to take control of that thing to make sure that you don't kill yourself. Because it doesn't care. It'll kill you and not have any remorse. Somebody else will pick that grinder up and they kill themselves with it again. And that grinder doesn't care. It's just doing its job. Dude, it does not care. And I have a buddy in line, like, dude, he was just polishing his headlight bucket and it caught the harness. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Andrew. Um, <laughs> he, and it was so crazy because it just caught the harness and the harness went bam. And he's scarred now because of it. Oh, yeah. The wire harness just whipped him in his thigh. Yeah. And... When he sent the video, like Snapchat, his pants, I think Peter's pants were at his knees, and he's like, literally, what the fuck? I hate polishing. And I'm like, oh my gosh, man, like anything. Anything. Dude, that's crazy. Just like that, I told you, I threw something, something fell out of my hand, hit the trigger on the grinder, and that grinder took off like it was, it was no stopping. And luckily, for some reason, I had nerves of steel, probably because my patience was gone that day, but I just stomped it and was able to st- snub it out. Yeah, snub it out somehow, but. Oh, that's so wild. That's crazy, man. Crazy. I mean, I've seen so many crazy things over the years, whether it's people that use our products or don't use our products or watched our channel or didn't watch our channel. Yeah. Guys will message me all the time, like, dude, check out what I did today. Mm-hmm. And it's like, they're filleted wide open. Oh. They're like, dude, I made the I made the biggest mistake. I wasn't paying attention. I slid my arm down inside of a, a stainless steel fender or I had trigger lock on. It caught the lug nut and kicked back. And I'm like, dude, I tell everybody, don't use trigger lock until you're ready. Like trigger lock can get you in some shitty positions sometimes. Yep. You you gotta be tough. If you're gonna be dumb, you gotta be tough. That's right. just how it works. Right. And I've seen a lot of a lot of weird stuff over yep. the years happen, but um, you always pray for everybody to not have those issues. But sometimes it just happens. Yeah. Yeah. But we are coming to the end. Yeah. I'm excited because this is my favorite part. I get to stop asking questions and I open I the floor for you to ask some questions. Yeah, man. Because yeah. um not everybody wants to just hear what I got to say all the time. Sure. But I feel like sometimes there's questions that I don't know to answer because people don't ask them until they're sitting in the chair you're sitting yeah. in. 
So I've gotten to answer some pretty cool questions over the years. I've had some really interesting podcasts and people have asked some pretty good questions. And I know uh, I gave you the opportunity to kind of prepare some questions. Sure, 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 sure. So I'm, yeah. uh, I'm interested to, to hear what you got and try to try to come up with an explanation. I'm going to I'm gonna start with kind of the easier ones. That, well, not, they're not that they're hard, but I feel, like, <laughs> I feel like the first couple on my list are some pretty juicy questions. Sure. So, like, the first one is like, dude, what's your favorite truck? <laughs> uh, this one's going to get me in trouble, too. Yeah. Like, uh... I'm a sucker for old Kenworths. Yep. Like I love old A models. I don't care if they're high in the air or slammed on the ground. Sure. I love that old streamlined look of the old A models. Um, and even the new W9s are sharp looking too. Um, but seriously, the old the old A models are my favorite. I, I love old trucks. I got an old cab over. Everybody thinks cab overs must be my favorite truck. And honestly, I am a sucker for old cab overs. Like, I dig old cab overs. Like, 80s and older. Mine's an 84. It's in that time period where I'm still happy to see old iron surviving. And honestly, any old iron that has survived the years, to me, is cool. Mm -hmm. Um, I I don't know what it is about an A model. Like, I don't even polish a whole lot of them. But when I do, I always feel so good because they're, like, they're just old school cool. Yep. I don't know what it is, but... Yeah, I'd have to say Kenworth A models are probably yeah. probably my favorite. You know, if you would have said Peter Rilly, probably would have had more to talk about. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Peter Rilly, no, no, I, Listen, I, I, I'm with you. I love 359s. Yeah, I love the old needle noses. Yeah, um, Bob Harley's needle nose is one of my one of my all time favorite Dude. trucks. Um, that thing's super cool, and his rendition of redoing it, like making it his own kind of modern feel to an old truck, I dig that a lot. But, um, yeah, the old A models just do something special for me. I don't know what it is, but I like 359s and pretty much anything old I can I can get down with. Yeah. yeah nothing against the new trucks either. I mean, these new 589s, I think when people start messing with the body lines and creating stripes for them mm-hmm. and building some body panels and stuff, honestly, I, I see a lot of potential in these. Around. I know the 589s are getting a lot of hate right now on uh, Facebook and Instagram, and people are talking a lot of trash about them, but honestly, I see a lot of potential in them. You get a couple cool guys building some cool-looking, sharp ones, custom painting them and throwing some stripes on them and making something unique, I honestly think those trucks are going to blow up really quick. Like, a lot of people are complaining, oh, 589 is not my 389. Yeah. Like, no, they're not. Of course it's not. No. It's all aerodynamics now. The government's all involved. you got to... You gotta move with the future. So honestly, 589 I think is like the happy medium. It's still half a hood. And it's not a full arrow. So Yeah, like, no, it's definitely not a full arrow, right? It I see potential. I think there's I think there's something to it. I think there's gonna be something to it in the near future too. Uh-huh. And these new Western stars, I think I think they look cool again. Um people are doing cool stuff with them. That guy out in PA with the white one, that thing's super oh, cool. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, that's a sharp truck, man. I've seen like three or four more Western stars of that body style with custom paint on and some graphics and shiny wheels and painted tanks. And honestly, I bet that I bet there's at least one or two go to Louisville this year. And I I bet people are not going to be talking trash about them for much longer. I got a feeling people are going to start digging it and it's going to grow on them. Right. Somebody's going to make it. Somebody will make it. They're not even that bad. But I don't think it's in that too distant a future either. Because yeah. I think they look pretty decent already. Yeah. A couple modifications and they're gonna be 
That would be cool, cool. Sure. That would be the new 389. Uh-huh. <laughs> right? Okay, next question. I thought, um... Dude, judging. Like, you know, I, I come into this knowing that, you know, you judged polishing before and, and stuff like that. Sure. You know the science of it and stuff like that. So it's like... My just I'm just curious is like what is the judging side of not as not even necessarily polishing but um when you're judging the best of show like what honestly judging the polish is one of the most subjective things you could ever do because like who's to say what shine is the best exactly is yep. it the dark color sure is it the light color like real dark, rich shine, or is it the high bright shine, like the green rouge or the white rouge? Yeah. Is it covered in hash marks, but really dark clarity or no hash marks and not a whole ton of clarity? Um, and then on top of that, does it match the truck? Like you could do a light colored truck with old, old aluminum on it, not polished at all, as long as it matches the theme, Yeah. you know? So like what, who says whose polish is better than the other? Yeah. Other than, I mean, you see guys on Facebook all the time saying mine's sure. better than yours or mine's better than his or whatever. Right. But honestly, who's to really say whose is better than whose? How do you even judge that? There's, I mean, I know of a way that they grade metal. They have a gun that has a light in it that registers how quick the light reflects off. So a reflectometer, they can, they can tell the refraction and reflection of light to tell you, you know, what it would grade out at. Yeah. But even then, I've seen some really good, high quality polishes that didn't grade out all that great. And I've seen some really low grade polishes that graded out really well just because the, the light reflected better. Sure. So it's like, even if you graded it based on the reflectometer, right? It doesn't always match what we see. Sure. So. How how would you how would you even properly judge that? As far as the ju the shows go, judging on everything is subjective. It's that judge's personal flavor for that day. That judge may just like a red truck. That judge may like a blue truck. Hell, that judge might like a green truck. And just because you like green trucks more may mean you give it a, you give the green trucks a little bit of a break. I've seen some of the craziest things over the years and people are always like, oh, the judging's unfair. Try judging sometime. Sure. It is a whole nother ball game when you have to compare this truck to that truck to that truck. In in like truck, 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 but like when you're judging, like yes, you're you're, you're judging as a whole unit. You know, you're looking at the tractor and the trailer. Yep. I'm just I'm assuming obviously. Yeah, depending on what class they're in. Yeah. Sure. Some are just tractor, some are tractor trailer. Yeah. Okay. In like you're saying, like flavor, or like I, I just—it's it, a whole other world that I don't know anything about, and it, it really gets me curious because, like, I know what I like to see on a wagon. Yeah. You know, I know what I like to see on a truck type of deal. Yeah. And I can appreciate it because I can tinker with my own stuff, but yeah, it just—it just throws my mind for a loop. That's why I can ask and you now, how judging thing is. You know? And now social media has changed everything because those same trucks that you wanted to see, you've already seen. Like you, I don't want to say people prejudge, but the availability to prejudge is already there. Oh yeah. Like just through social media, like, oh yeah. So 
Now, how, like, let's just say, for example, how do you feel about somebody dropping a truck off somewhere and just getting it built and having no part in it versus you built every part of that? So now you've watched these people on Instagram building these trucks or Facebook, and you've watched them building the truck, and like, this guy just dropped it off at the owner and dropped $750,000. Or this guy was there every day helping the painter wet sand or, you know, building the parts, cutting the brackets, doing all that stuff. Sure. Like, as a judge, how does your mentality feel about knowing that that guy just bought and paid for that truck and he had nothing to do with it? Like, I've seen a lot of guys that, like, hold stuff against guys because they're like, he didn't build that, he bought that. It's that built, not bought mentality, right? And that's cool. Like, everybody's got their own thing, but yeah. I'm not a mechanic. Right. Like, I did as much as I could on my cab over. Sure. I'm not a painter. Right, right. Thank God for Woods, because my paint looks good. Yeah. But if it weren't for him, and I had to paint it myself, it would look like trash. And some people are probably going to frown on that because I didn't paint it myself. But at the same time, I'm like, I don't care. I'm not a painter. I'm not going to pretend to be a painter. I'm a polisher. I'm barely that some days. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. But seriously, like, yeah. on, on the total serious side, like, there's so many factors. And to say that every judge is unbiased is is very difficult. And I, I've seen a lot of shows over the years, higher-end Corvette clubs or Harley clubs because they're automobile aficionados. Yeah. But they don't know anything about a truck. So now you have to educate them on trucks. And even if you educate them on trucks and you explain like painted motors are custom, you're biasing it as you're teaching them how to judge it. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. So yeah, like, absolutely. I get what you're saying. For sure. So, like, I, I don't feel like there's everybody always says there's politics involved in shows, there's politics involved, there's other politics involved. Of course, there's politics involved. There's politics in everything we do in life. Literally. Like, you are going to have some kind of bias about something. You may just not like the color blue because you were down and dumps that day. Yeah. Bye. That blue truck doesn't doesn't win anything. Right. Or you give it second place or third place, whatever. Or the truck you judged in the morning was nice clean by the time you got to the last truck in the day it was all covered in dust because the dust in the air had settled on it and they can't wipe it off because it was raised down so it's like how do you judge the first truck and the last truck the same you go back and you rejudge those first trucks so when i when i'm involved with a show and i help them run their judging or teach people to run judging the first thing i do is i tell them if you have eight trucks in your class judge the first three and base Use those first three trucks as your baseline for the other five. When you're done with the other five, go back and rejudge the first three. Because those first three, you've set the standard here. And now you've seen something on one of those other five that you were like, oh, shit, that's cool. Yep. But when you go back and look at the other three that you were judged in the beginning, you were like, oh, God, all three of those guys have that same thing. I need to bring their score along with it. Because now you got to even the playing field. Like, they were really clean. These ones are dusty. Like, should I really downgrade them for dust? And I go back and look at the first three, and it's like, oh, never mind. Everybody's covered in dust. Yeah. So I got to eliminate that from the factor at all. So I wish more shows did that. I wish more, like, would pay closer attention to, to the detail. A lot of the shows are so big. There's so many trophies and so many classes that it's hard to do it right. Sure. I feel like um, uh, the Dynaflux show circuit was onto something with their... Uh, 
think it was ATSC. Yeah, ATSC. Um, keeping the show small and red carpet-ish style event to um, try and do the judging properly. To, to, to really, yeah. Because I, to I really get in depth is, yep. is tough. Yep, 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 yep. So, yeah, I think they were onto something. I'm sad it didn't, uh, it didn't blow up and keep cruising to be, you know, a bunch of shows across the country. You know, we lost Pride and Polish years ago, and I missed that show circuit too. That was a lot of fun. You had to qualify to get into Dallas, and Dallas was a national championship. That was a lot of fun competing there at that stage too. And that was pretty tough because it was white glove. Yeah. So for them, it was just, it had to be clean. It had to be clean. It had to make sense. You got a driver's interview. It was very small and intimate. There was never more than 100 trucks, I think. And it, it was cool because it was a real legitimate competition. Like yeah. It was the best of the best trucks from across the country because you had to qualify to get in there. Right. So right. that stuff was cool because then they brought in judges that were part of the industry and sure. in the industry and tried to be as unbiased as they could. And there was a lot of talk about them, too, that there was some politics involved. But like I said, there's going to be somewhere along the line because you can't you can't avoid it. Everybody knows everybody in this industry. Exactly. It's hard. Cool. One day I'll see yeah. some of the ins and outs, hopefully. You should come, <laughs> honestly. I will. Everybody should go sometime. I will, man. I absolutely will. And then, my last question for you is, is kind of like a big, big blanket one, I guess, but like, what is your favorite part about this whole deal? Whether it's teaching, whether it's polishing a turd, whether it's doing showstopper stuff, whether it's, I don't know. Honestly, I love all of that. Of course. For right, what right, it's right, worth. Right. Like, I love training. I love giving back and seeing people grow in this industry and getting more people involved in the industry. I love that. It's fun. Um, I enjoy taking a turd and making it shiny. I love I love the the part of that that uh, the process of that I should say um, I love getting to do the show stuff I've met a lot of really cool people I've gotten to put my hands on some really cool trucks over the years and honestly I'm truly blessed with the number of cool and high caliber trucks that have come through not just my shop but let me touch their stuff at shows um, that stuff's fun too but honestly my <laughs> I shouldn't even say because I'm going to catch so much flack. Oh, boy. Um, my favorite thing is the guy that comes in here. I, I don't care if it's a beat up old farm truck or whatever, but like when a guy comes into the shop to pick up his truck and he's like, I didn't know it could shine like that. And even if it's not a show quality polish, sure. like, I always say farmers are my favorite, some of my favorite people. And uh, <laughs> the part I, I didn't want to say, but I, you know, I'm just going to say it because I, I honestly don't care what people think. One of my favorite customers is a Middle Eastern guy. I have zero issues with him. He drives a brand new Cascadia, six wheels, six wheels. He's one of my favorite customers. He comes in here. All he wanted was shiny wheels the first time he ever came in here. Found out that I like Vimto soda, which is like a Middle Eastern, uh, it's like a, it tastes like a cherry soda, only it's not quite cherry, it's some kind of fruit. I love it. He, him and I got to talking about it because 
I like that soda. Yeah. Every time he comes in here, it's with a six pack or a 12 pack. He just gives it to me. And when he leaves, he always tips and hit the smile on his face makes it all worth it. And I, I always refer to, we call him Papa Rick. Um, he drives a car hauler, but while I'm polishing, Rick is wiping on his truck. Like he's spray waxing it and just wiping down. He's happy as hell too. Yep. So between those two, they're my two all time favorite customers. Cause they are just, when they leave the smile on their face from happiness, they don't even care what the bill was. Sure. But the smile on their face because they are happy that their truck is shining. The Middle Eastern guy, Mahmoud, regardless that he's pulling a container from KT to Chicago, Chicago back to KT every week, he doesn't need to shine that thing. It's not making him any more money. Right. But when he walks out of my door, gets back in his truck and pulls out, I can see his smile from a mile away. Like he is happy as hell. And Rick, Rick comes in with a smile in the morning. And he's just happy to be here because yeah. he knows his truck's getting shiny to them. Right. And that, for me, is the best feeling. And like, knowing they're going down the road smiling, too. You could you know? give away all the trophies we've ever won and all the stuff. Like, that was fun. Mm -hmm. And it was great. And I, like I said, seeing Jimmy last year, that was a, a highlight of my life. Mm -hmm. Don last year winning Best of Show with his truck that he built to try to win there. Yeah. Like, those are highlights of my life, sure. Absolutely. But seeing Mahmoud and Rick <laughs> every year, and no matter what they drove, it didn't matter what they drove. Like Mahmoud, when he first started coming here, I think he was driving a Volvo, and the paint wasn't great, but his wheels were on point. Yes, sir. Like he came yep. two to three times a year, yep. and he had to be glossed out all year. It didn't matter if it was the middle of winter. He came in here, and he came in with a smile. He left with a smile. <laughs> and that... That is what really keeps me going every sure. day is um, I'm providing for my family and doing something I love, yes. But seeing the smiles on people's faces when they leave is honestly one of the best things about this job is because we're literally making people happy. Yep. And if they're not happy, it sucks. But at the same time, you're going to have some of that. So I, I try to weigh the good with the bad. But honestly, that's my favorite part is seeing guys smile when they're leaving. And to be able to recognize that, though, tells you... I mean, me personally, it's like, dude, if you can recognize that and like appreciate it, mm -hmm. I mean, you're, you're, you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, yeah. you know, like, I feel, I feel like that's probably the most accurate statement because honestly, to everybody that says, I don't care about the money, they're full of it. Cause like the world revolves on money. You have to have money to, to survive and sure. to, to do anything. Sure. And I hate that it is that way, but at the same time, like I have to charge for everything I do. I can't do stuff for free. I have two beautiful little girls at home. I got a wife at home that, you know, everything revolves around being able to pay bills and give them a better life than I had, you know, and I had a good life, but I want to be able to give them better. Sure. So to be able to make people smile and get paid for it, yep. that's what it's all about. Like I'm literally doing what I love every day. Some of the days. There's some, some days, days, some days, man. But I feel like no matter what industry you're in. Oh, yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. Like trucking for me. It's polishing for you. Sooner right. or later, you're going to have a bad day. And it's oh, gonna God, suck. yeah. But at the end of the day, what, as long as it's more good days than bad days, yep. and even then, I, I, Keenan, I'm sure, will listen to this at some point in time, but when he was working here, he always rammed home, there's no bad days. There's bad moments. 
And they're only bad days if you allow that moment to wear on you for the entire day. Sure. So live in that moment, let that moment wear on you for a second and get rid of it. And don't let it become bad days. And I tattooed it right on my arm <laughs> so that I would have to look at it every day. When, when I started having a crappy day, I would sit and stare at my arm for a second. I'm like, no bad days. I got, I got to get over this. I got to get through it and I got to move on sure. because I don't want it to wear on me when I go home. I don't want it to wear on me while I'm here at work because yeah. something can go wrong so fast. And yeah, just don't let stuff be bad days and take the good with the bad. And no matter, understand what, no matter what industry you're in, you're going to have shit Absolutely. somewhere. Shit sandwiches everywhere. <laughs> Shit sandwiches everywhere. Even if it's once a week. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's three, four times a day. Yeah, you know. Yeah, right, right. But dude, I really appreciate having you on. I'm glad you decided to do this with me today. Um, dude, I'm, 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 I'm just, I'm stoked to be out here. Like the, the process of me getting out here, the people that I've made through the only, you know, not that long that I've been in this, and my friends, and they know who they are. That just are into the same stuff that I'm into and, and the fact that I got out here and I, and I, it sounds, probably sounds kind of weird, but like I knew one day I was going to be here, not in this chair doing a podcast or sure, you, but I knew one day I'm like, I'm going to go to that shop and I'm going to polish. That's awesome. Whether it's, fuck, I was already super good or super bad. <laughs> I'm going there yeah. and I was like, because it's almost like, dude, this sounds so silly. But you listen to Joe Rogan as a podcast, right? And you're like, right. I think I know that guy because right. I listen to him so I much. I listen to him all the time. Right. And I was like, yeah, I've watched so many of Evan's videos. Like, I should go hang out with him. Yeah. I'm going to go hang out with him polish. Yeah. You know? So. And to me, that's another one of the things I truly enjoy is that people want to come here and yeah. hang out. Yep. Like, that tells me that I've been trying to do something right. If people want to come here to hang out because they feel like they know me, that's what I wanted to accomplish. I didn't want to be some dick that was just putting out information like, don't come talk to me. Sure. I didn't want to be that guy. I wanted people to come up. And there's times where I'm like, dude, I'll just let me alone for a minute. Oh, like, yeah. I, I need yeah, a break. Yeah. Like, I need yeah. a break. But at the same time, like, that's what I was shooting for. So the fact that you wanted to, that makes me proud. You know? Yeah. And the fact that your cell phone number is freaking everywhere. <laughs> like, to just call here and it's like, oh, okay, no, I'm not, I'm not dealing with, like, a receptionist or, you know, anybody like that. It's like. Hello. I'm like, oh, it's Evan. What's up, man? Hey, I'm going to come. Can I come train? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yep. No, I'm happy to be here, man. I'm, I'm stoked or, you wanted to do this. Or you send in an email and ask us to call you. Or that. Yeah. <laughs> Is that what I did? Yeah. Did I do that? Yeah. You sent, it, you sent me an email. And what did said, I say? Uh, and said, uh, call me about ordering some product. And No, I don't think I couldn't get a hold of somebody or something was going on. Yeah, you sent me No, an email. I definitely wasn't like... Hey, call me. Here's my number. I swear I had a reason for that. I wasn't being silly. Like, and I, was, I don't think I was trying to... Be I think it was where we were having issues with our phone. Um, we were switching from um, a web-based service to a, a landline. Yeah. Because we were trying to focus more of our product sales directly to my sister and sure. um, the office instead sure. of all of it to my cell phone and then me having to give out her cell phone number. Sure. And I think we were in that transition period. And... When you and Ellen were talking about it yesterday, I was like, I gotta look this up. And sure, sure enough, it was an email, and uh, oh, it was gosh. it was like, hey, I, I was looking to order some product. Can you can you have somebody from the product call me? Oh, okay. And that was when Ellen called. Man. Oh, and then oh <laughs> gosh, dude, I get so many solicitors. We all do. She called, and I usually I'm from Michigan. I got a missionary code, so I get I get these solicitors, and they'll come up as whatever whatever MI, and I seen whatever whatever, and I thought it was MI, but it was WI Wisconsin. 
So, and I'm driving at the time, yep. and I had gotten one just before she called me, yep. where it was like, da, da, da. I'm like, ugh, boom, slammed it down. So I looked down again, I'm like, no way. So, you know, excuse my language, but I just like, <laughs> blow it out of your ass, and click, and I hung up. <laughs> and I was like, wait a second, nine, whatever area code, that was Wisconsin. I remember Ellen coming up on me, she's like, did you set me up? With somebody? Oh like, gosh! Like, <laughs> was, that a, was that a prank? Like, what oh, was that? Yeah. I'm like, no, I yeah. got the email. Yeah, I, I, I need you to call the guy. He wants to put an order in. Because we were having issues. I think we were having issues with the website. Too, okay, the time. okay. And uh, she's like, dude, I just, I, I called him. He told me to blow it on my ass. Oh my god! I was like, dude, that's awesome, dude. That's awesome. <laughs> and honestly, I had no idea it was you until you guys were talking about it yesterday. Oh my god! I sort of like, I was like, hey, I'm going. And then I obviously ended up talking to him about it and. Because I called back and I'm like, hey, I apologize. <laughs> and at the end of it, I was like, I'm going to end up meeting you at some point. Like, I'm going to come out there. I'll talk to you about some training. Oh, and my sister loves, she loves cracking people up. She loves cracking jokes with people too. So, like, the chance that she got to, like, That's just funny. rip up with you for a little right. bit. Like, oh, she eats that stuff alive. She that loves it. so funny. <laughs> so funny. Oh, it's great. But honestly, great to have you here. Yep. I'm excited to see where you take it. Sure. And uh, I appreciate you doing the podcast because honestly, course, I, I hope these inspire some polishers somewhere along the line. And honestly, I think your story will for some people that, you know, are doing a job that they're not overly excited about and the opportunity to polish and make money, yep. whether it's on the side or full time. Yep. I hope it inspires somebody to do it. Yep. So I appreciate having you by. Yeah, man. And uh, Absolutely. We'll, uh, we'll definitely stay in touch because it's going to be uh, going to be an interesting road to watch you yep. and. Hopefully get you out to some shows with us. That'd be kind of cool. Oh, I will. I definitely will. It'd be awesome. Yep. But thanks you guys for tuning in. And uh, hopefully I can start doing a few more of these this year. Hopefully we meet some new polishers out at Louisville. And we can do some podcasts there as well. Uh, I still got to get James Lee out here. He's one of the guys that we got to get his story out there. He's one of the gurus. And uh, yeah, we'll get some more good guys on this season. I promise you we'll get some done. But thanks for tuning in. We'll see you on the next one. Yeah, that was awesome. That's probably.